0: Welcome to the Blast From Our Past podcast. We are the podcast that fills your ear buckets with nice, sweet, nostalgic love. So eat those member berries and let's get going. I'm Adam. I'm John. And I'm Corey. Hey Corey, that's right. We have a special guest. For everybody today. This is Corey Stevenson, a buddy of mine who is a very equivalent nostalgic lover of everything pop culture from 80s, 90s, everything back in the day. Tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: I, I am definitely a, a child of the 80s. Um, I was born in 78, so I grew up watching all the same stuff you guys did and watching all the cartoons and everything. And I've been listening to the podcast for a while and I, I love it. But uh, a mutual friend of ours, Jeff, we had a podcast together, uh, the NSFW Gamer podcast. It's kind of defunct now. But uh, yeah, we. We did that a couple years ago and uh, just you know, looking to have some fun and talk about some awesome movies. Nice. And awesome cartoons, too. Yeah.
0: <laughs> this episode in specific is one that you requested. We wanted to get together and chat about stuff and you picked all the topics that we're going to discuss
1: today. Yeah, I did. We were I, we were at the bar and uh, we were just drinking and I said, look, no matter what happens, I want to do Real Ghostbusters. Now I did request another movie, but Monster Squad was my backup, mm-hmm. but Real Ghostbusters was my number one requested thing. Perfect. Well, I'm
0: glad we can do that. We have a first in uh, the Blast From Our Past podcast. This is typically a podcast of our nostalgic stuff, but this is definitely your episode today because... John and I had never seen Monster Squad before until prepping for this episode. <laughs> Holy <Yep>. crap. <laughs> yeah. So this was a blast from your past. And yeah, so we're are definitely excited to talk about it. So yeah, this episode, we are going to do Monster Squad from 1987. We are going to do the cartoon show, The Real Ghostbusters, that ran from 86 to 91. And we're going to do a recasting of... The real ghostbusters or the ghostbusters because that last recent movie wasn't so good and we think we can make a better casting
1: I have some ideas I put a lot of thought into this and it was it was fun and i'm I can't wait to hear what you guys think of monster squad i've got I've got thoughts too so <laughs>
0: <laughs> well it's gonna be very interesting because yeah I mean it's it's uh it's an older movie and obviously a lot of the love that we have for things is because of the love we had as a kid but this one we are watching with two fresh eyes and someone who obviously enjoys the movie from his days as a kid we'll see what happens
2: nostalgia is a hell Hell of a thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you mentioned it was 1987, um, so we're going to kind of talk about a few things that happened in 1987, but not too many, because I had started to notice that there were a lot of movies from 1987 that we were probably going to cover, and if I put too many facts into these episodes, yeah. I was soon going to run out of facts. <laughs> so I just happened to look into the list. 1987 was a hell of a year, not only for the movies, but for music. These were the top-selling albums of 1987. Bon Jovi, Slippery When Wet. <laughs> Beastie Boys, License to Ill.
3: Brass monkey, that monkey, monkey. Brass monkey chunky,
2: that monkey monkey. u The Joshua Tree. I what I'm for. Whitney Houston's Whitney. Oh, I with I feel this with and Michael Jackson's Bad. some pretty good albums yeah upon looking at the list of movies i was like well how many of these movies are we gonna do so i don't overdo the facts i'm gonna go through this as fast as i can the princess bride the lost boys full metal jacket lethal weapon dirty dancing predator the untouchables space balls masters of the universe RoboCop, evil dead 2 running man which we just covered la bamba wall street moonstruck raising arizona three men and a baby good morning vietnam harry and the hendersons planes trains and automobiles Inner Space, which I know you and I have talked about. Yeah,
0: we're gonna we're gonna recover we're that We're gonna recover that point. one. That's a that's a great
2: movie. <laughs> Beverly Hills Cop two, which is my favorite one of that series. Batteries Not Included and The Monster Squad.
1: Wow. I was looking through that list uh, last night too, just to kind of get an idea. I saw a lot of those movies. I was nine years old, but I didn't see the ones that you thought I would see. I didn't see uh, Harry and the Hendersons or Batteries Not Included. I saw Robocop and Predator at, <laughs> at nine years old. So my dad and I would kind of bond. I would go down and, and visit them in the summer times and we would bond over movies. And I think at, the, at that time, Predator, I didn't even know there was an alien in it. I thought it was just an Arnold. Schwarzenegger kind of like commando movie right you know? and then uh but Robocop Robocop is what really blew my mind when the dude melted <laughs> yeah. I was like dad I can't I can't I can't grasp this <laughs> but you know of course I I love Predator and I love Robocop right. now so and I did see Monster Squad in the theater with my father as well
2: I can tell you what my first memory of going to the movies is I remember which movie I have the first memory of going to and that was Probably later than most, but I remember specifically the experience of seeing 1989's Batman in the theater because it was you and me and our sister and our dad took us. That's the first time I remember specifically going to the theater to see a movie. I'm sure it happened before that, but that's my first memory of it. Yeah. So I would have been about eight, and I was only like four at the time. So right, probably don't remember. Right, yeah.
1: Mine was Return of the Jedi. That's Um, the one like I remember. I don't, I don't like remember the experience. Yeah, right. I remember like little flashes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right, well, let's get going into Monster Squad. Monster Squad from 1987. This film was directed by Fred Decker, who... Really hasn't done much. (laughs) (laughs) He he directed and wrote RoboCop 3. Maybe the the best. uh, No, no, not at all. Uh, The the worst RoboCop ever. (laughs) The most forgettable RoboCop. He directed one episode of Tales from the Crypt and one other movie. And that's it. And then also Monster Squad. Like okay. he really hasn't done shit this movie stars absolutely no one you've ever heard of I had no idea The only person I recognized was Kevin's brother from the wonder years. Oh, yeah He played a bully Jason only, Hervey Jason Hervey, okay, and he only had about a couple lines in the film and not much screen time No one else I knew who the fuck they were the
1: the mom was uh oh,
0: She, she was, did look familiar. Yeah,
1: sh- sh- uh, she was in um, Die Hard she was in Goonies. She was in Lethal <gasps> Weapon. She was a staple okay. of the 80s man uh, Mary Ellen Trainer. Okay,
0: so a classic
1: 80s. Yeah, she
0: looked the most familiar. Yeah,
1: but honestly and and seeing this movie so much as a kid The dad looks familiar, but I I I go and look him up on IMDB, and I really didn't recognize anything So I was like, okay I just remember him from the movie essentially, but even though no one really was a known cast I thought everyone actually fit their roles perfectly.
0: Oh, yeah people worked really well together. They bounced off each other Well, I mean I believed everyone pretty good as, like, a you're a good 80s dad, you're a good 80s mom. The kids were, you know, they're not, like, Goonies cast quality or stand-by-me acting, but it was it was solid. They, they worked well as a group.
1: It definitely had, a like, a low-budget Goonies feel to it, but at the same time they they pushed in quick, and you knew what all the archetypes were, you know, right away. You know, and they didn't spend too much time you know, messing around with that. But, uh, honestly, I think the best casting was Dracula. Like, for some <laughs> reason, I think, I, he's so cheesy. So cheesy, but visually he looks fantastic. And, <laughs> <In> a- <laughs> horribly perfectly I, cheesy way. I'm going to disagree completely. <laughs> Cuz I thought he looked terrible. I thought he acted terribly. Uh
0: we'll, yeah, we'll get, we'll get okay, that. No, terribly he, fantastic. He
2: looked <laughs> He looked like the lamest Dracula I've ever seen. I don't know. I thought he kinda looked better than, you know, Gary Oldman's butt hair. Oh <laughs> no way. Gary Oldman is better than everything. Oh I mean <laughs> Gary Oldman is better, but the the look <laughs> the of it butt hair, I didn't yeah. the look of it I don't know if I okay. if I bought as much.
0: Well speaking of like the monsters, uh probably to me the most famous person associated with his entire movie or the most important person is Stan Winston who was the creature creator. He worked on things like the live robotic Jurassic Park dinosaurs. He worked on Terminator, both Terminator movies the both good ones, all the other ones you can toss aside. He worked on the Aliens films like this guy is a creature creator master.
1: He was a powerhouse of the 80s and 90s and up until I guess I think early 2000s I think he passed away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah,
0: there's been a lot of like, you know, in memory of like those kind of special thanks and whatnot to him because because he was such an important, iconic figure in creature making for film. This is not his uh, his piece de resistance, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> not by any means, but I'm sure the budget in this one uh, wasn't allowing him to put all of his time and effort into it.
1: Well, I noticed at the beginning of the credits, it, it mentioned Stan Winston, but in the end of the credits, it gives an individual list of people who created each individual monster, and none of them were Stan Winston. So I'm thinking it was just like his shop did it, and they uh. so that thus okay. they got his name on it you know but gotcha. i think some of the creatures were done really well don't don't get me wrong yeah. I didn't see Stan Winston's name on any of the, at the end. Gotcha.
0: Okay. So yeah, maybe it was just his understudies or yeah, exactly from his, from
1: his, his group or whatever it is. Yeah. Well, Predator came out the same year. He
2: probably was working on that and he might've been busy. Yeah. I'm was, assuming he was.
0: Yeah. I... Very possible. Yeah. He worked on Predator one and two. Oh,
1: there, there you go. there's plenty of famous stories about him redesigning the Predator monster halfway through the movie. Predator right. one. There's that famous story of him like redesigning on a plane when he was like flying somewhere. Right. And that's where he came up with the iconic, you know, crab face thing, I guarantee you, you're right. He was probably just, he was doing Predator <laughs> doing Then he, those guys did, because mo- yeah. Monster Squad was the B-level goonies, yeah, yeah, I think.
0: Yeah. He found a there was a PA or s- around smoking a cigarette. He's like, you motherfucker, I need you to make this because I can't do it. I'm working on a real project.
1: Yeah, but but I mean, all of them are better than any of us, you know, would have done. <laughs> yeah. They all work under understand yeah. Winston, yeah, 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 yeah. so <laughs> there's still a level of quality to yes. it. <laughs> Alright, so let's
0: get into the movie. We start off this film with a crawl. 100 years before the story begins, it was a time of darkness in Transylvania, a time when Dr. Abraham Van Helsing and a small band of freedom fighters conspired to rid the world of vampires and monsters and to save mankind from the faces of eternal evil. They blew it. <laughs>
1: that, was, that was one of the better crawls, actually, that <laughs> yeah, I had yeah. re, that I'd ever seen. Watching it uh, last night uh, with my girlfriend, uh, she she didn't really remember it. We both laughed at they blew it. It, right. it, it holds up well. It, it it's still funny. You, you don't know? you don't
0: see that too often in films, and it sets a tone for this movie yeah. that you need. Yeah, honestly. <laughs>
1: yeah, it was perfectly timed.
0: Our first shots of the film: we get a starry night in a graveyard. We see some vampires. We see Dracula. We see this town mob coming to this. Crib. They're gonna go kill they kill these vampires, etc. We're kind of we're setting up in the we're in like this old pastime and we're trying to kill Dracula and the forces of evil, kind of as they talked about in the crawl. Um, we see this stone, this brightly shining stone going on. They bring in this young girl, and they're emphasizing, get the girl in here. And she has to read this passage. Yeah, we're seeing zombies going on. The stone is going nuts. Shit's, shit's going wild. And the main guy, who we find out to be Van Helsing, is just, like, berating her to read this passage. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? Because she, like, how the fuck can she Caution. actually process and, like, get this passage read when he's just screaming at her, Read the passage!
1: Yeah. Read the oh well, I mean he, he's on a timeline he's like i know what's gonna happen you got to do yeah she that uh, i felt bad for her <laughs>
0: yeah yeah so there's no way that she could actually do that properly but she got it done some vortex thing popped up we get very bad graphics early on of this vortex and people flying into it
1: i gotta say the vortex and is is a terrible effect that yeah. they do and, and which is which is weird because the set that they're on was great actually that whole scene at the beginning yeah. i think it looks beautiful it it's look it's well good. shot it's it's yeah tense it's funny and scary it's it does a lot of things and then all of a sudden that vortex comes out like and you're just like oh that's like that's tv bat yeah, you right. know and it doesn't hold up no. at all
0: you're right though everything else i mean because everything else is pretty practical
1: and everything film, else is practical except for fun-
0: that vortex and the people green screening into it
1: oh my god the, the, <laughs> oh, the, bat, it's the, bat, the
0: bat oh you're right the bat oh the fucking bat that dracula turns into is so shitty it- looking
1: Let's just say this out front. Anything that's not practical in this movie is pretty garbage. Yeah. But the practical stuff, the way they shoot it, looks gorgeous. They do a great job with that. They just pick the wrong people to do the the special, you know, the... Well,
2: I I can tell you this. Give me... Halfway decent practical effects over bad oh, computer yeah. graphics any day of the week. Yeah, exactly. Even bad practical effects, I think, look better than bad graphic effects. They
1: shot that Vortex like they were proud of it. Yeah. <laughs> and they should not have been.
2: <laughs> so, after the
0: Vortex has sucked everything in, cut. To black and we are now at school. It's present day. We are at school. We see some two kids in trouble. We're just uh, setting up that they are a bit of dreamers. They love their monsters. They're kind of distracted in school with uh, their love of monsters. The principal is a nerdy guy. I like, he has a funny line of,
3: I was a kid once. I thought monsters were cool and maybe, well, well gosh, maybe I'm just a big kid because Sean, Patrick, I think science is cool. I. Take it, man.
1: This guy, he he played the nerdy principal pretty fucking well. He, wow. I couldn't stop looking at his mouth. He did weird, <laughs> he did weird stuff with his mouth. I loved it. I was like, I was mesmerized by this guy. I was like, why doesn't he get more work? I don't know. I didn't take it so much that he was nerdy as he was awkwardly trying
2: to connect with yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. He, and he, he he's did like, well. use the parlance of my youth, which yeah. was probably the '60s, which is not at all. Yeah. The, the kids are just staring at him like, what the. Fuck are you doing?
0: Yeah. And then so the kids leave and they're kind of chatting with each other, and we definitely see that it's an 80s movie that you get uh, some lines of uh I mean
3: when they send you to school. what you tell you about the homos and the people with cat heads?
0: They talk about homos and they, yeah. they say they refer to gay people as the F-word. I was I was a little I was watching, I was like,
1: oh, they I mean they dropped the F-word like five times. Yeah, and yeah. I'm uh-huh. like, oh 90, the eighties. Yeah, okay. All right, that's how that was. Ah, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, okay, yeah. We get it. The times weren't
0: at as uh, as good then
1: yeah for everyone yeah
0: so we're starting to meet some of the other kids. We see the fat kid in the group, Horace. You gotta have a fat kid if you're gonna kind of be like the
1: Goonies in that kind of group. I'm not gonna lie. I was kind of Horace growing up. That was that was. <laughs> you're talking and, to two other uh, fat yeah, kids. Was, well, all three of us are Horaces. <laughs> but but especially in the outfits that he wear, those those TNC, uh, yeah. uh, what was that T-shirt company uh, like TNC yeah. Surf Design? I wore all of those. <laughs> I wore all those like neon shorts and stuff. It was <laughs> wow. It was not a pretty time.
0: They used the. Fantastic trope of the fat kid saysing, saying that his weight is glandular. I find that funny because it's never glandular. It's never. You're glandular. eating too much fucking candy, fat kid. I know. I, I'm you.
2: Admittedly, though, the one thing I did find was slightly refreshing is he did seem to stand up for himself a little bit more than the normal, you yeah. know, token fat kid in a in a movie. He was kind of not necessarily fighting back, but he was. Pushing back was, a little bit. Yeah, he,
0: was, he was sassing back too. It like, yeah. was good. So we have EJ, a bully, is coming in and kind of like, you know, berating the fat kid.
1: EJ's the brother from uh, Wonder Years. Wonder Years.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yep. The, the only real actor that I kind of recognized. <laughs> and but,
1: he always plays like a, a bully type of character, yeah. too. Yeah, it know? is kind of,
0: yeah. Yeah, we just kind of get like that 80s bully scene. Uh, And then we cut to this badass looking kid who looks way too cool, uh, Rudy. Who's on his bike with a fucking cigarette in his mouth. And sunglasses
1: on. I mean, he, he's in junior high smoking yeah. a cigarette. Like, and I don't, I don't and you, you notice that he doesn't actually light it, which, you know, because the kid was like 15 or something, yeah. you know? But I gotta admit, the strong casting on their part, I think he holds up probably the best out of the whole movie. Rudy, he's fun, and that's a, he had a good little intro, you know? He was, cool. yeah, he's a, he was a cool, fun character. you wanted to hang out with him. Yeah. Although that bears the, why does he want to hang out with them? Right. Yeah, absolutely.
0: That makes no fucking sense. Like, they, they established that he is older than all of them and even when they hang out and he's you know creeping on the sister like through the
1: which you don't find out until l- he doesn't yeah, know about until it till later so exactly. he, he doesn't even know the sister is the sister yeah. of that kid yeah. so
0: so yeah that none of that makes sense as to why he even wants to start hanging out with these guys
1: which establishes that he's just like a good guy that he saves uh horace basically yeah. right? Right. you know he's he's like a good person but he's rough
0: they have a, a scene where Sean, who is kind of like our main kid, and Patrick are discussing the wolf man and stuff like that, and they talk about his wolf dork. And I honestly thought that was pretty fucking funny. <laughs> I, I, uh, one, I, I don't hear dork representing uh, a penis anymore, uh, and it works. Yeah. You know what? I, I, Those let's, jokes work. Yeah, let's, I want to bring it back.
1: I want to start yeah. calling, <laughs> a, calling it a dork now.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, we pass by this creepy house and kind of a setup of, oh, here's this old... This scary old man trope. We see it in other things. We saw it in like Home Alone. We discussed in other just movies in general. You pass by the creepy house in the neighborhood with the creepy owner of the house. And they talk about it being an old German guy, an old like, you know, they're assuming old ex-Nazi. Yeah,
1: yeah. And it's funny. The kids always, all this. the names are like very just on the nose. Old German guy. And then Horace, I mean, even the friends call Horace uh, Fatboy the whole time. They don't even call him by his name. Yeah. You only ever hear Horace once. And his friends refer to him as Fatboy. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's that. really bad. I'm
0: sorry, Horace, man. I know your pain. Um, At
1: least they have Hor- him like the actor listed as Horace on IMDb. Yeah, <laughs> we cut to a plane.
0: We're all of a sudden in a plane that comes out of nowhere. Shit's getting flown there. Uh, we find out that it's basically from context. It's. Frankenstein, uh, it's a something dead in the back in a big crate, and Dracula is there. He's flying around as a bat uh, and then turns into Dracula. He's trying to get his old monster group together. Obviously, this is the start of that, and we see some of the cheesiest shitty graphics when one of the guys goes in the back, he hears a noise of the plane, and there's Dracula, and he opens up this bottom hatch, uh, which, to, drops which drops the, Frankenstein yeah. down into you know the, the lake below or whatever, and Dracula... Doesn't move, he just stays floating, which I thought was a. I like the idea
1: Yeah, that, of it. yeah, yeah. Did the execution, yeah. <laughs> like, like here, like in all the executions, like the vortex, the yeah. execution left much to be desired, essentially.
2: There was something that happened uh, right as the pilot goes back, kind of laughed at this when it happened. The bat comes out of nowhere and he just kind of swats it away as if he normally finds bats <laughs> in the airplane. <laughs> Just kind of oh no big deal oh, stupid bats are always stuck in the plane.
1: I mean let's let's be honest. Everything about that scene was wrong. Yeah, like <laughs> they, they had to just get Frankenstein there, and yeah. well, it's like it, and, and it works because it's cheesy. But if you break that scene down, why is there a cargo? Well, first off, where does this movie take place? We don't yeah. actually know. Right. Yeah. There's creeks in the backyard. Then it looks like you know Universal lot. You know, so I'm maybe Florida. No, but then they're sitting on on the roof looking. Yeah, I don't know. I have yeah. no and idea. Why are they? transporting old coffins. By the way, guys, it says Frankenstein on the box. It just says Frankenstein Bavaria, and that's it.
0: (laughs) Are they establishing that these people know Frankenstein, like parts of the world know about monsters already. And it's a commonplace thing and you can just, you'll transfer the dead bodies and that's that. Uh, it didn't, yeah, it, the, the context is out of the blue.
1: I mean, and then ties into what happens at the very, very end that we'll discuss. Like it's very weird. It's, there's no laws. There's no logic to this movie. <laughs> yeah.
0: So Frankenstein has, Fallen and Dracula's going to follow him, basically. We now cut to Rudy is in the treehouse, and he's getting initiated into their monster group. But we kind of find he is a creepy fucking kid. Here we see him (laughs) peeping on uh, this very attractive female, and that's... Partly why he wants to hang out in the treehouse, at least, or why he wants to be there at that moment.
1: And <laughs> I mean, can you blame him? I mean, he was 15. If it was 15. <laughs> I mean, that window is perfectly aligned to her window. I mean, guy, I think we need to question the person who built the treehouse.
0: I think I can blame him. I should blame him. The women's march happened yesterday. <laughs> or he, yes, I am blaming him.
2: Touche.
1: Yeah,
2: he is accountable for his actions.
1: True true. <laughs> very true. I've got no comeback for
2: that. All right. <laughs> but in his defense. I didn't take it as as he was specifically using the binoculars to look into the window as so much as he had the binoculars and was looking around and happened to see the window. Yeah. And then creepily kept on. It was like, oh, hey, now I found something. And when he brings his camera the next time he's there. No, that's his fault. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's totally his fault. Fair
0: enough. (laughs) Yeah, no, yeah. (laughs) He got one pass. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Then he crossed the line. Yeah.
0: We see who might be one of my favorite characters (laughs) is Sean's little sister is also around there. I can't can't remember her name. Phoebe Phoebe, that's And they right. call
1: her Phoebe the Phoebe.
0: Phoebe the Phoebe. Who plays a big role actually in the film. Yeah. But she she's adorable. She, I mean, reminded me of a lot of those, a lot of the movies had like that cute little sister who just kind of wanted to be included, but was also she was like the most badass out of like everybody, pretty much, besides Rudy.
1: And she was she wasn't really annoying. They no. they, they did a great job with the casting on this. Yeah. Another little gem. Like I think her and Rudy were great finds, you yeah. know.
0: I agree. She was uh she was fun. She was a lot of fun. It, it just kind of reminded me somewhat of Of the younger sister from Hocus Hocus Pogus, yeah, Yeah. who is just like, Oh, you're I wanna hang out with you. Like fuck (laughs) these other kids. Like you're much more fun than some of these older kids. We see that Sean gets a book from
1: Van Helsing. His mom buys it at the at a yard sale? Yeah,
0: something. I, I couldn't really tell the context. Yeah, I, I didn't assume that it was like a I thought it was like a you know, a mass produced Van Helsing book, but apparently that's not the case. She happens to stumble across Van Helsing's
1: diary. In in this this town, whatever this yeah. bah- I feel like there was a lot of backstory to this town, like the house that he mm. will get to. I feel like that there was a backstory to this that maybe Shane Black had in his head and it didn't get yeah. make it to the, the script or something, but there's things there and I don't yeah. know what they are.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, We'll just bring it up now. Like later on, the stone is at this one house at six 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 whatever Shatterbrook Lane. Shatterbrook Shatter Lane. But like the the house itself has no real significance. They don't talk about it. Well, other all than that a, much. a
1: throwaway line that Dracula says that like uh, Van Helsing's followers like hit it here. So okay. I think yeah. I think that house was like that. But like then did Van Helsing's a hundred years ago? Van Helsing's followers came to this town. Yeah. So was this town the destination of of Dracula? Or with the plane scene? Did that was that happenstance? I don't know.
2: According to the director. Shane Black, who was the writer. The first draft of the screenplay was so huge that the opening of the film featured Van Helsing accompanied by zeppelins and hundreds of men on horseback.
1: Jesus, awesome. And this was in the day before like CGI, yeah. you know? Wow. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense It seems there seems like there were some ideas here that were bigger than what we saw hmm.
0: Definitely the kids want to go see a movie, but Sean can't because he has to babysit Here's where we meet his dad. We find out his dad's a cop. We find out that there are some definite marriage troubles They're probably gonna be getting a divorce soon some shits going down. I wonder if
2: this will come back <laughs> yeah. I did find it interesting when the, the father was talking to the kid and he said, uh, "You got to babysit your sister," and the kids complaining. He's like, "Well, where are you going?" He's like, "Marriage counseling." Like he just casually yeah. told that to his kids. He's like, a little,
0: little too honest, and maybe that got him in trouble with the wife.
2: I don't know. Apparently, a lot of things got him in trouble with yeah. the wife. Yeah, he's working too hard. Yeah, but he's but, a cop. So but, it's but he's okay. a cop, so it's kind of like I can imagine it would be hard to be married to a cop because they're married to the job, and you can't really justify being selfish. Especially if they're a detective.
1: Especially when there's like a mummy on the loose that they have to get.
2: (laughs) Yes. Or in this
0: case, we've got a wolf man at the station. Well, we have a human at the station (laughs) who is claiming that he's a werewolf and he is just begging these cops to put him away. And so that's craziness going on. The dad gets called in, but not specifically for that. There's a mummy that is now missing at this museum. The problem
1: is... Two thousand year old dead guys do not get up and walk away by themselves. Uh, There's okay. no way
0: that could happen. Yes. So the dad is going is gone there with his know, partner. With so his, his
1: partner. His partner gets you know some screen time. The typical partner that you know might be a little might be expendable. We don't know. <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I wonder if that will come back. Which is, surprised s- the fuck out of me. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because for for a movie that's very kids, you know, it it was surprising. Uh, Stan Shaw was uh, the person who played his partner. He was in Rising Sun and uh, Daylight. And Fried Green Tomatoes. He's a good character actor. You know, you've seen him in places Yeah, absolutely.
0: I definitely
2: recognize the face.
1: And you could tell he had fun with the role, too. Right.
2: Definitely seemed a little overzealous. He was just way into it. He was upset about everything at all times. (laughs) He
1: was excited about everything, even his own death. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Quick thing about the
0: Wolfman. He is at the station, and he is, like, going crazy. He ends up shooting guns in the air and just going nuts and fighting off people, and this other cop shoots him to death.
1: I mean, Basically. it was it was a cool scene because he raises the guns in air, He fires and he goes, lock me up. Yes, and then right. someone just shoots him. I was like, "I was like, that was pretty powerful. Yeah. But that was Uncle Rico from um, Napoleon Dynamite. Is, Holy is, shit. Is the werewolf. <laughs> yeah. One of the few recognizable sort of character acts. I
0: didn't even realize it was him. It didn't look like him to me. He's but that's, so young. Uh, yeah. That's nice. I'm glad he had other work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I thought like Rico was his only one and only one and done thing.
1: And he does a good job, too, with the Wolfman, because even though he's mostly Wolfman, man when he's not wolf man he's trying to be good like he, he yeah. it's they they do try to follow all the archetypes and and it's very supposed to be stereotypical universal monster mm. stuff you know
0: yeah he does that well i definitely like that you know as a human he's still human and he realizes the monster that he is and he wants to end that so this cop shoots him but as a werewolf you can only die by like one, maybe two things, or maybe one thing.
2: So he gets healed. They establish in an earlier scene when uh, when they're in the treehouse talking with Rudy, when they ask him, what are the two ways to kill a werewolf? Yes, as and, the, he's like, and he goes, silver bullet, and that's it. And they're like, no, what about this, this, and this, and this? And he goes, no, it's, it's just silver bullet, that's it. Which... As the story goes, yeah. proves to be the only way yeah. yes. to and, do it.
1: And a very cool way, too.
2: So yes. yes. well, we'll get to that. Yes.
0: And so, this is the first instance where the werewolf has kind of he sees a full moon, even though the human is basically dead he's not because the werewolf comes back to life he's he is uh he is not dead at all and so he's woken up in the back of the ambulance
1: which and- is a great scene yeah. that still still scares the crap out of me when the the ambulance driver is is just you know looking straight ahead yeah. and they have one of those classic shots of you you see him straight on and then the wolfman's head Pops up yeah, and, and right. grabs him. Like wow, that that was pretty effective.
0: The werewolf costume was probably my least favorite out of all of them. He didn't move very properly. His eyes were so fucking far apart. Nothing worked as well. Apparently, uh, on the mask of the Wolfman was modeled after Stan Winston himself. Oh. <laughs> An ugly motherfucker I'm sorry Stan <laughs> rest in
1: peace <laughs> yeah, and he couldn't move his neck it seemed no, like it was, yeah. it was very uh, Batman like early yeah, Batman yeah. looking you yeah. know yeah your whole torso has to turn you know
0: uh, we're seeing these classic movie monsters are basically now getting together we see the mummy that escaped is kind of like Joined in with the Wolfman, and we're getting now we have the Creature from the Black Lagoon pops up. We've got Dracula there, and the Frankenstein is in the lake. So basically, all of these monsters are now kind of now getting together, and they're gonna bring back to life Frankenstein to complete their group of monsters. And
1: that was a that was a cool scene. Especially uh, I gotta mention the another cool shot was the closet shot with the mummy mm. uh, and the dad. You know, little kid yeah. sees a monster oh, in his yeah. closet. Dad comes in, he's like, "Ah, oh, monsters, get out of here!" But he had his back to the closet door yeah. and there's that that light and it's out of focus. The fact that the mummy is out of focus as he reaches ahead, yeah. it's another, just like, there are moments of really beautiful greatness in this movie and then <laughs> and then there's the vortex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That scene, we skipped right
0: over it, but that was a cute scene. It was a
1: cute scene. It was a fun scene. Yeah. There's there, there a little tension, but not too much because right. the, the mummy sort of left, but then the reveal that you just mentioned when everyone got together, the creature from the Black Lagoon, has to be hands down my favorite looking redesign in this mm-hmm. movie. I think they did a fantastic job with that, with the face, the way everything moves about him. And he doesn't get enough screen time, but you know what? That's probably a good thing, you know? Yeah. right.
0: I, I thought it looked okay. Okay. That's okay. <laughs> no, fine. It's totally fine. I mean, he was definitely better. The Wolfman was the worst. Frankenstein looked okay. But yeah, we get Frankenstein put back to life at this point. I like they use the bolts in his neck and they kind of put on jumper cables basically and and have (laughs) lightning on a lightning rod come and bring him back to life. I thought that was a cute scene. And you see like those bolts like in classic Frankenstein looking like, oh, here they have a
1: use for it. Every time I watch that scene, because once they raise him up and the camera kind of pulls back, the three monsters are moving around going, yeah, you know, like everyone's cheering. But Dracula and Frankenstein, Are are almost touching hands, but they stop, almost as if, like, you know, they were going to cut it. They did, like, no one told the actor, like, what else to do. So they never touched. So they're frozen as the camera's pulling back and they're dancing Mm -hmm. around. And I'm like, that's really weird. Yeah, I noticed that one too. (laughs) I think, I mean, that was the director's fault, right? Yeah, right. Yes.
0: Cut to a scene where the parents are fighting. So we're just kind of more establishing that they're in bad shape. I wonder if this will come back. Um, (laughs) And we get Sean as the lead kid is starting to realize he's getting. He's hearing these messages that his dad was going out on different cases. The kid is realizing that these are monsters that he's dealing with
1: I mean he jumps to a big conclusion. <laughs> yeah, right <You> know, away. <laughs> he makes a huge leap. He hears his dad talking about somebody claiming to be a werewolf mm-hmm. And then I think the mummy I think he meant heard that yeah. that was stolen and then with the oh, he the, saw the, the, the Alucard Dracula. Yes, Alucard. Where did that come from?
0: It was written on some message for the
1: data or no, it said it for Sean It was on like some so is Alucard the Dracula character was he going Going by Alucard no, in I, the
0: world? No idea where Alucard... They didn't explain the, the coded message or whatever. It wasn't his backwards name. Yeah. I don't know where it came from or what the hell happened about it. Or It's it basically just for Sean to be like, oh, shit, this is the snapping point of these are all monsters and I've got to take care of this. And for some reason, he didn't think calling anyone else was the right thing to do. He had to take care of it with his friends.
1: I mean, Eugene is the smart one. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah the, so the kids are kind of... In the clubhouse, this is the formation of what they officially call the Monster Squad. The Monster Squad. No one else can do it, and it's got to be them. They all kind of put their hands together, and and a joke I don't want to miss. At the end, a dog puts his paw on the top, and Rudy says, How does that dog get up here anyway? you know what? And and then I realized, how did a dog get up there? (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, so there there are a couple lines here. There are lines here and there. Just some good comedy that they add in, like that closet scene with the mummy, this dog joke, some of the other stuff. I just, I just. I think that's what helps the
1: movie kind of hold up. We'll talk about our thoughts, but, you know, I think that does help it. These, like, moments of these gems, these little gems, you know?
0: We cut to Dracula, who is telling Frankenstein that he wants Van Helsing's diary. He's kind of ordering Frankenstein to go get it, and he has to get it at all costs, and, you know, he will kill the kids if he has to. We then cut to going to the old house on the on their street. Basically, the old man, the old German man. Since he's this old, scary German man, they figure he can translate the Van Helsing diary, which they associate is what will help them figure out how to solve this mystery of the monsters.
1: And let it be noted that he is credited as scary German guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <he doesn't laughs> That's all anything. they call him, scary German. Yeah. But he's he, I, the actor is great. Yes, yeah. and they do a good job. The reveal of you know him being
0: they establish once they start talking to him, he is actually a nice German man. Very sweet guy. He's translating the diary for them, and he says once every hundred years, this stone thing will be vulnerable and has to be shattered, particularly at midnight, or you can create this vortex to suck evil into. Right. Funny enough, that date, a hundred years, is exactly tomorrow. (laughs) And so they've got to get on this. Good thing they got it translated when they did. Yeah. And so, yeah, they got the help from the old German guy. And then we get the absolute best line of this entire movie, which this one, this one actually floored me. Yeah. I was shocked. They say to the old guy,
3: man, you sure know a lot about monsters. Now that you mention it, I suppose I do.
0: He shuts the door, and we re- reveal that he had Holocaust concentration camp numbers mm-hmm. on his arm. We're just like, holy fuck! He's not just a nice German man. He went through some shit. That was the most powerful reveal of the film, and I that right there that immediately elevated this film. When I watched it, I was just like, holy fuck! That one moment was a shock.
1: They really were trying yeah. to say something with that, yeah. and especially you know back in back in eighty seven, you know or eighty six when this was shot. I'm sure it was again, like we said before, another nice little gem. Just something that like you, the move this movie could have been cheesy garbage all the way through right? but they threw in these little things you're like damn like that shouldn't be here but I'm right. glad it is you yeah. know it was the
2: part where I was kind of lulling a little bit in some of this especially when they were just talking and then I kind of caught that moment and I was like oh I wish they explored that a little more
0: yeah, I mean, I, I didn't
2: need it. I didn't need it to come I, back. No, no, yeah. I didn't need. I didn't need more context than mm-hmm. I was given.
1: Maybe explore like uh, real monsters in the world versus yeah. fake ones. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. A little bit more of that message in the movie, I think, yeah. would have been would have helped. Other than it just sort of being cheesy, because that was a really poignant Ve- moment, yes, very deep in a very silly fantasy movie. That was a snap
0: into reality, and yeah. it was yeah. like, holy shit, shit just got real. Yeah. because of that. So that moment alone, it was pretty noteworthy. I'm very, very happy they included. It.
1: And it holds up real like the delivery. Everything about that holds up yep. well. Yep.
0: We cut to the sister Phoebe, who is the best. <laughs> and, and, and she brings out Frankenstein. Her and Frankenstein meet. They become best buddies. Apparently, Frankenstein has a heart of gold, which comes from kind of nowhere. It's just all of a sudden. I guess he's not like the other monsters. He's not a. That's well, the that's whole thing different. of Frankenstein. That's though. The, that's in the
2: yeah. in the traditional story where he meets he some meets the girl, girl and then yeah. accidentally kills her, which is why the mob yeah. in the original story they think he's a monster, but he's a Big idiot and didn't know better.
1: Yeah, th- this movie. Doesn't... I was
2: afraid that they were gonna like follow through with it and like they were gonna kill the little girl. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> the, but this one, it, it assumes that you already know everything about right. these classic yeah. monsters, which I
2: which I appreciate because yes. there's nothing there's nothing I really hate more than when they tried to spoon feed me things that I should probably already know. Yeah, no,
0: absolutely. This movie assumes you know your shit, and yeah. I can appreciate that. Yeah.
2: Now the Frankenstein and the sister
0: and they're all kind of friends now. They all kind of get together. At first, the kids. Are all scared, and I don't want to miss this line. I thought it was fantastic. (laughs) The girl says,
1: It's okay, you guys. He's friends with us. Come on, don't be chicken shit.
0: When you get a small young child or like a really old granny and they're saying like bad words,
1: it's the best. Especially (laughs) when they're telling them to to like do something, like don't be chicken shit. Yeah, she's great. Phoebe the Phoebe is awesome. (laughs) We see,
0: so they're all hanging out up into their treehouse. We see that Frankenstein is also a creepster checking out the sister uh, (laughs) and he snaps a pic. Of her on accident.
1: I love it what she taught. So she teaches him to say stuff like bogus, you yeah. know? And I'm like, okay, that's totally 80s right there. Yep. But he takes a picture of bogus, you know? Yes. And uh, also, the guy who plays Frankenstein is the, uh, I forgot his name in Robocop 2, but he was the main bad guy in Robocop 2, and he was also in uh, Manhunter. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah he, you've seen him. He's a character actor. You've seen him in a million things.
0: So Frankenstein's now friends with everybody. It's kind of a sweet moment. We cut to Dracula who's digging up in that house that we kind of mentioned earlier. He finds the amulet, a good bit of editing, in my opinion, where he ends that scene.
3: Soon, of Soon the of the night shall rule the world. And there is no one to stop it!
0: And they cut from that... Write to the kids. Good writing, good editing to where you see the one part of what someone is expecting, and like he thought he's got everything solved and no one can stop them, and then cut to the thing that's going to stop him. And yeah. it, just, it just worked for me. It worked well. It's good storytelling.
1: He's not going to see this one coming at yeah, all. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> we get a montage of the kids prepping. There is a really cheesy fucking song being played. Rock
3: and
1: But it's a montage, so it's it's already, it's awesome. Uh, you know, even with the cheesy song, yeah. the montages are fun. Yes,
0: so they're kind of, they're getting ready, they're prepping steaks, they're doing all this stuff. That montage had to have lasted a month. Yeah. <laughs> it had to, because we just saw the Wolfman not that long ago. It comes out on a full moon. We only get typically about one full moon a month. And they don't go in back-to-back days. They only happen about once a month. You can get them twice a month, but it has to be at the very beginning and the very end of the month. So that entire montage, and they did all that prep, took a month. Except, right. Except, except they only had one they only fucking had day. One day. <laughs> they only had one day.
1: Oh my God, you just blew because my mind. Because <laughs> we, we saw it yeah. go
0: from day to night, night to day, and all that kind of shit in this whole context of yeah, yeah. where the Wolfman
1: is. And, and he was, I mean, he Rudy's making silver bullets. Yeah. Like he's, yeah. He, they're stealing from yes. the kid's mom. They're stealing yeah. silver. I yeah. mean, because they, I mean, they, yeah, they were at night hanging
0: out. And then they were go to school, And then they, I mean, they're setting it up that it happened the next day and they did all yeah. that shit at school. But you don't get back two back full moons. It does not happen. <laughs> <laughs> did
2: you check on I, that? I damn straight, I checked on okay. that. And I, looked and I was
0: like, do they call a full moon and maybe it's just like two days because they're close enough? No, it's one fucking day is the full, <laughs> full moon. And then it happens in a month later.
1: Now, see, the funny thing is, I would accept the fact that Dracula did a spell that kept the moon there. But the fact that those kids did so much. Yeah. in one day, that's that's the problem that I have. Yeah, this this movie's (laughs) timeline is
0: way the fuck off. We now cut to the uh, human wolfman. He's tied up by Dracula because Dracula knows that he's not trustworthy in his group, only him as the wolfman. He ends up kind of escaping the ropes because he didn't take the drugs that Dracula wanted him to.
1: Again, don't forget, the wolfman's a good guy. Or I'm sorry, the human version of the wolfman is a good guy.
0: He escapes to call the police. They end up not helping him, not believing him. He ends up changing back into the wolfman.
1: So there's a funny scene where uh, Eugene, they're they're going to the, I think they're going to the house. His Twinkie falls in, in the creek. Yes. And I mean, but it still has a wrapper on it, so he's like gonna reach in for yeah. it. And then the uh creature, grab Gill Gilman they call him in this, uh, yeah, okay. uh comes up and you know, and, and it's just funny, like it happens in the background and yeah. he he takes his Twinkie and yeah. creature goes away and like yeah. he creature didn't even like report like no. to Dracula. Like I think the creature is just he's mindless.
0: The kids kind of have to now get a virgin and they keep emphasizing they need to get a virgin and don't they all realize that they're fucking virgins too?
1: <laughs> well, I think it's they need a female virgin, they didn't right? Say that. They don't you're right. They didn't they don't, say that, you're right? They, 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 they show
0: that at the beginning that it's a girl but they didn't emphasize it has to be a girl they just said virgin and I just was like well it's not it can be anything but whatever they end up blackmailing Patrick's sister
1: which is the one Rudy likes which is the one they were taking pictures of and also
0: it wasn't just creeping for creeping sake they at least wrote it into the story
1: (laughs) except like yes exactly and and the way they get her to do you know obviously she's not gonna just go hang out with a bunch of you know kids and do this so they say they're gonna post her nude picture like at school and I'm like
0: that's a dick movie Yeah, it was some (laughs) heavy blackmailing for them to make her, but I get it
1: because there's no she's like 16 So there's like no way that she would be hanging out with like a bunch of 12 year olds and doing stuff You know, they needed something. I get it.
0: Yeah. It it, it worked. I guess (laughs) it Uh, works in an
1: in an (laughs) 80s sort of way Yeah, the kids
0: in Frankenstein go to that old house the 666 something way what Sh-
1: 666 Shadowbrook Way. Yeah, I mean, right. the Shadowbrook is fine, then it's like it's like do one or the other. Right. Do 666 something else or 13 Shadowbrook. Just yeah. not 66 because there's there's not 660 houses. It's like yeah. 665 <laughs> houses on that street. Like it's just not happening.
0: So they're going there to get the amulet. Frankenstein gets trapped by an explosion that happens from uh, Dracula now has TNT.
1: Okay, first off, <laughs> Dracula is very TNT happy in this. Yeah. For the for the latter half, of this movie, it's actually his main source of offensive behavior Yes. is, is TNT. And, and first off, I'm like, I'm, I think about it the whole time. I'm like, why TNT? Like, why is this happening? But I mean, it's so effective yeah. and he does it so well. And I'm like, you know what? <laughs> he figured it out a long time ago. TNT works for me. Yeah. So he, awesome. blow, he blows shit up left and right. And then so he blows up the wall, which I guess he could have just punched through the wall to get to the amulet, but yeah. he blows the wall up in the house and then Frankenstein just gets crushed under some rubble. Yep. Not even like some crazy rubble, just like yeah. a little bit of a door.
0: Yeah, but they all assume he's dead, which I was like, it's Frankenstein. Like, I could have survived that shit, but <laughs> whatever. The Wolfman comes. Probably, uh, I definitely had heard this line before watching this movie. The Wolfman is attacking the kids. Horace ends up kicking Wolfman in the nard. Kick him
3: in the nard! He's him in the nards! Do it! Do it! Do it! Do it! Funny. It's
0: right. definitely a cute scene. I mean, if I was a ten year old boy, I probably would have laughed
1: my ass off. I, I was a ten year old boy <laughs> when I saw this and I laughed my ass off, and then we said Wolfman's Got Nards for yeah. probably the next six months. Yeah. You know, it was it was a go to line with me and my friends. And honestly, I think it's probably one of the things that everyone knows at this point. You could probably put a like a t shirt that says Wolfman's Got Nards and they would know it's from yeah. Monster Squad. It's I think yeah. it's the one single like thing that is like Monster yeah. Squad. I definitely
0: had heard that before and yeah. so Once I got it, it kind of cleans like, oh shit, yeah, I definitely, I know this line. Some of the kids find the amulet, Dracula's down there. I think a funny scene of Horace opens up pizza and throws it on his face, and it apparently was garlic on the pizza. I thought that was cute, like, just funny classic movie,
1: classic monster. It's still like a classic thing, like, it's still garlic, but the kids don't have garlic, so it's like, oh, I'll use a pizza, you know? (laughs) It it still would work in theory. Yeah,
0: in their mind, uh, they got to take the amulet to go destroy it, and they got to go to someplace safe. They decide to take it to a church, and I quote, because monsters hate religious stuff. I thought that was <laughs> a, another funny line, another one of those just small little bits of humor that they made me happy. Yeah. So the kids and the old scary German, they get into an old car, and they start heading towards the church, and he, he's, he has like he has everything, old World War II kind of stuff. Like a it,
1: topless jeep type yeah, of thing. It,
0: exactly. So they run into the mummy on the street, and the mummy has got some Kick-ass reflexes, because as they kind of drive around it, he grabs onto the back of the car, is holding onto it while they're driving. And Rudy takes a, a bow and arrow and gets some of his wrapping on it and shoots it into a into a tree. That now, while they're driving away, the mummy is unraveling. The mummy looked awesome. That was actually probably that was my favorite looking of all the monsters. I think they did a really good job with the look of the mummy in this film.
1: You could see like his skull face showing mm-hmm. under the wrappings. And honestly, not the smartest idea on the mummy's part. I think when when he when he grabbed the car i don't think he had a game plan then <laughs> you know he just reacted out but, of desperation yep but uh i mean we got to give props to rudy because he la- he landed a shot on a tree moving like 50 miles an hour in that car yeah you yes.
2: know he was unusually adept for a weapon that he had just stolen from the pe that day before the day before yeah. or that day yeah, oh yeah, yeah, it was that day. Probably exactly. that day.
0: So the mummy got unraveled completely. He's done. He's out of the picture. All you, all
1: you see is his skull like on the on the ground as the right. car drives yeah. away. I, was like, I, I, I was almost good... half
0: expected the skull to start bouncing around, <laughs> yeah. but it didn't. We now cut to this hearse is being driven by Dracula. And Dracula apparently has the power to turn his hearse into a ghost hearse and can drive through shit. Because the dad and his partner are driving. They see him. Basically the hearse drives through them and they are like freaked out. And they're realizing that, oh shit, real monsters are happening. Dracula is pissed and he wants to go kill Sean and blow up the treehouse he's bringing in that TNT
1: at this point on, I, I have to admit, Dracula starts becoming badass. And, yeah. and I'll elaborate later. We'll, we'll get to points. Because yeah. he's snapping necks and cashing checks yeah. left and right. <laughs> yeah. but, but the way he just, he literally rolls into their house. He didn't even bother parking. He breaks yeah. their front gate. He gets out of his car, lights his goddamn dynamite, goes to the backyard, and tosses it in their treehouse and says, meeting Jern," <laughs> As he walks away, I'm like, holy
2: crap. That's an Arnold line yeah. if I've ever heard one. That was awesome.
1: That that would, had him in a shame Black one. Yep. The fact that the mom is inside the house this entire time, though, and she doesn't come out at all as the the treehouse explodes is quite remarkable. Yeah. (laughs) The
0: mom just didn't do much at all in this film because also later on, the dad gets there and he's, yeah, freaking out. And like they have a spat or something in the fucking front yard. And then the explosion happens. The dad goes into the house and the mom doesn't go in to check. Well,
1: well, well, the, the, the spat that they had in, in the front yard was Dracula lights the, the another stick of dynamite and throws it under the cop car. That's when his partner dies because he gets out of the car, but his partner screams like, ah, he's like, well, get out of the car. you know yeah. what i mean but he yeah i guess he had his yeah. seatbelt on you yeah. know and he blew up
0: i was definitely shocked when the partner died i wasn't expecting any like, other humans to die li- in that way. Yeah. Uh, that was uh, a surprise, but I liked that they did it. I'm, I'm glad they went there. And then he, he... I mean, they
1: had to kill the one black guy in the entire fucking movie. <laughs> I <It> mean, was... <laughs> this is 1987, guys. <laughs> but yeah, then uh, then Dracula disappears. Uh, but he disappears in front of the mom. Yeah. Turns into a bat, so the mom yes. sees it.
0: Yeah, the dad was shooting Dracula at one point. I mean, he just kind of went right through him. He could have
1: shot the mom.
0: Yeah. Which, this is the weird, weird fucking thing, is Dracula, he's shot in his human form nothing fucking happens to him and so and then he leaves okay i got that in my head bullets can't hurt fucking dracula we'll get back to this later which i thought was really fucking weird so anyway we get to the church the sister can't even remember her name the virgin air quotes Mm -hmm. virgin is starting to read these female vampires that Dracula turned recently, are now starting to attack them as well. Rudy, being a badass, is shooting them with stakes with his bow and arrow. There's wow.
1: another really cool scene with Rudy, and I think they did this really well. When they're at the church, and then the the girls are coming up, the, mm-hmm. the evil girls, the vampire girls, right. which looked, was a creepy shot of them walking slowly down the street, you know? Rudy just, like, he just rolls up, and he's like, I guess I'm a, I'm a part of the group, you know? He's, he pulls out his, uh, but he says something really cool. Yeah, he as he's walking away, he says, Where you going, Rudy? I'm in the goddamn club, aren't I? He is a badass. He right handles there. he handles his business. And I'm like, that that was a cool shot. This movie's definitely got multiple just
0: strong one-liners. They pull it off. These kids right. pull it
1: off. Yeah, he the kid who played Rudy pulls off all the badass yeah. stuff.
0: Alright, Dracula has turned into a bat. The dad shoots Dracula as a bat, and that hurts Dracula
1: because well, Dr- Dracula as a bat is like making a beeline right for his son like he's gonna he's yeah. coming in like hard yes. and then boom the dad shoots it which kind of like bing deflects yeah, which him which I can I can yeah. I can agree
0: with that like the, yeah. the,
1: the momentum or something yes, Yeah. the
0: bullet taking it will fly the bat just because it's smaller mass yeah let's get into physics here yeah. uh, and that works I accepted that yeah. but they go up and check up on I guess to finish off Dracula or something because he lands
1: in a warehouse like, yes. a, like a building yeah. next door essentially exactly.
0: they go to go to find him and he is like half transitioning from bat to human-ish Dracula or something.
1: It's a really cool shot of Dracula half-transformed. It's like American Werewolf in, in London, you know, <laughs> uh, like one of those where he's like elongated. Honestly, I think they only put that scene in there because they had... They probably had that piece. Yeah. It was probably for something else later. And they're like, oh, we'll just do it here. But yeah. it makes no sense because he looks wounded yes. by his dad's gun, right. or by the bullets, which gives time for the Wolfman to show up. Yeah. And this is a fantastic scene. Yes.
0: They end up using the TNT against the Wolfman, and they blow his ass to pieces. They
1: <laughs> kick him out a window. Yeah, they kick and, him out a window. <laughs> and air, he explodes. Yeah. A great shot. Just a yeah. great shot of him, of a dummy, exploding in mid air. <laughs> and then it's, it's really gory actually. After that yeah honestly like they don't hold back on showing like his intestines and everything but yeah you know but he
0: is not dead because you can't kill a werewolf from TNT. He ends up piecing himself back together, and now he's fighting the shit out of these cops. He's just beating the hell out of everybody. Uh, the Wolfman is is one of the most badass like villains in this movie. I mean, he's just he's cool. His character just because he, he's one of those non-stoppable forces in this right. one, uh, other than just looking really bad as a, the actual
2: creature itself. Well, and, and he's also one of the most fun bad guys because he's the most dynamic, because you have the yeah. dichotomy yes. of the human who doesn't want to be the Wolfman anymore, and the Wolfman who's the unstoppable killing machine. So he's, he's the one, the only other one maybe would be Frankenstein. But not they don't really dive into that in this one. like right. They do with the Wolfman, which is right.
1: Cool. Yeah, Wolfman gets more, I think, exposure than like Frankenstein. No, like more backstory, more understanding, yeah. I guess, yes. you know. Yeah.
0: So yeah, he's fighting the shit out of some cops. Rudy shows up and he picks up a gun that was dropped by one of the policemen who get, who's getting wrecked. And he has those silver bullets that we saw from the montage. He shoots the Wolfman. And we get a great line of, as the Wolfman dying, he thanks Rudy for killing him. And it's just like he's putting him out of his misery. And that was a point moment.
1: Another, what, the fifth gem of this thing? Like, yeah. another gem. Like, they didn't have to put that scene in, you know, the actor didn't have to, like, do as good of a job as he did, but at that moment, you felt for, you know, the Wolfman, or the yeah. human version of the Wolfman, and he was just like, what did say thanks, or, or, or finally, he said finally, yeah. or thank God, something like that, right? Mm-hmm. And I just, I loved it, it was fantastic. It still holds up well.
0: Yeah. Here, we now get cut back to, the kids are trying to read, and here we find out that the sister, who is reading, and she is supposed to be the virgin, and she told them she was she's not really a virgin and she said well it was only with steve that doesn't count right it counts sister i'm sorry (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so they had a non virgin reading the book, which uh didn't do anything for him. Nope. Yep. And so now they're trying to figure out what the fuck to happen.
2: Eugene is the one who goes. Isn't she a virgin? Points mm-hmm. to Phoebe.
0: And the German guy goes, Yes, yes she, she is. is. Okay. So they're gonna start going with that. They have an actual virgin this time. We get the creature from the Black Lagoon is now fighting Gillman.
1: Well, he and he comes out of the sewer by yeah, the way. Of course he does. He does. <laughs> of course he does. Where else would he come from? Yeah. We get the fat kid, Horace. Horace picks up a shotgun. Yes. From oh, from one of the yes. fallen cops and. And he tries to get into like a store, yeah. but of course EJ is there, yeah, the the bully. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, which we see, exactly. We got a nice, nice comeback for the bully moment here.
1: The bully doesn't let him in the store, yes, so a, Horace has got to defend funk. himself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: yeah they kind of use that trope in a lot of movies where the bully is really just insecure. Mm-hmm. Just like real bullies. Mm-hmm. The only way to fix them is by beating the shit out of them. Uh, Horace <laughs> uses the shotgun that he picked, that he found on the ground, and he blows the fucking creature away. I hate it when movies don't show kickback, and there was no goddamn kickback from that shotgun. That shotgun would have sent him to the fucking ground.
1: Or, or it th- would. how cool would it have been and if if he fired the shot, it blew him through the glass. Yeah. But you know, obviously, he survives and he gets up to the you know the kids see him. He, then he does this the my name's Horace. Yeah. You know, like he shrugs that off. That right. would have been such a cooler shot.
0: I absolutely agree. Let's rewrite this film. Let's redo it. <laughs> we can definitely add. How that. is this
1: not being remade yet?
0: <laughs> yes. Now the girl is reading the book. They're kind of closing up the. They're getting the vortex, trying to get the vortex going. They're doing the amulet thing. Dracula is coming. Is now healed and back up and going. and and closing in on them.
1: But I mean, by closing in on that, he's he's, yeah. there's a actually a really good one shot, like a one take Dolly shot, yeah. where he's walking down the street, like cops are jumping on him, and he's got to like, he's snapping necks, like snapping necks yes. every right. time, just you know? He's throwing the cops and like just throwing and And I'm watching that scene, there's a uh, part where a, a car pulls up, it lands on its mark, the cop gets out, and th- that shot never cuts, right. and it's really well done. And honestly, I think as cheesy, I, I know that there's, you guys think he's cheesy, I think he looked cool and the yeah. fact that he was <laughs> like... That he That they were going for a very stereotypical like Dracula look, but then here like actually seeing his power as a kid, I was like, holy crap! Like I mean, that was almost like seeing like Jedi do stuff. Like it's cool to see them do their thing, you know? Like and all of a sudden, no one can hurt him. He's just attacking.
0: Yeah. Speaking of powers, Dracula has these fucking powers that come out of nowhere, like the ghost car. Like here, he shoots the old German guy with like a blast from his hand. Like what the fuck was that?
1: I mean, I think at this point, I think there was a ton of stuff that, that Dracula, because we never knew how he got his car. We never knew how yeah. he got the house or anything. There was a ton of stuff about Dracula that we didn't get, yeah, you know, yeah. and it's just, it's real, it's weird, mm-hmm. but it's kind of fun to sort of pe- put it in, you know, yeah. like it gives you an idea that there was more stuff happening, but I think as far as storytelling goes, it probably wasn't a yeah, good thing. Didn't make sense. Yeah.
0: So Dracula picks up Phoebe by the neck in a pretty cool kind of shot where they just pull her up. She was obviously on some kind of lift or something, but he just kind of grabs her, kind of shows his strength, just like picking her up straight from from the neck and a line that I loved when I when I heard it, he tells this five year old girl, Give me the amulet, you bitch legitimately laughed hard out loud when he said that because he's saying it to this five-year-old girl and I just thought that was hilarious. (laughs) You don't fuck with Phoebe when Phoebe is best friends with Frankenstein. Mm -hmm. Frankenstein comes out of nowhere. He apparently was not killed in that blast with all of the debris on top of him. And he attacks Dracula and he throws him onto this big metal spike right in through his heart. We think, oh, maybe he's done with. The German guy pops up. He's fine. Whatever that blast was that Dracula did was apparently nothing. Uh, And they help Phoebe finish, and we get the vortex. It opens up, and shit starts flying in there.
1: I mean, you you should have emphasized, we get the vortex back. Yeah, oh, yeah. that's the best character in the movie. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, the fantastic vortex that looks so good with everything flying into it. Uh I I
1: think vortex technology has never quite peaked because... (laughs) Evil Dead 2 had bad vortex in it as well. Like, we've never seen a good vortex, you know?
0: Dracula is not dead. He ends up grabbing Sean. Then we get this weird... Thing where van helsing comes out of the vortex
1: okay so so first off you gotta you gotta go back you gotta understand okay. so that vortex is limbo so so they, they say in the movie that the evil okay. creatures go into that vortex yes. they're stuck in limbo for forever that means that that girl at the beginning of the movie that means that van helsing and all the and, and one cop if you notice in the when the vortex opens a cop yes. is tri- he gets yeah. to, all those people were in limbo hell for eternity that's Pretty fucking terrifying, but... Yeah, so Van Helsing has been in there the entire time, but guys...
0: He gives a, he gives a, that was so
1: he, bad. He grabs so, so if you haven't seen the movie, he grabs Dracula. Like so so everyone's getting sucked into the vortex and Dracula is grabbing Sean, but then, you know, Van Helsing comes out of the vortex and basically grabs Dracula to pull him in, but in doing so, he gives Sean the biggest cheesiest thumbs up that's like ever <laughs> it was ever existed. Awful. I mean, <laughs> I mean, guys, it was the worst thumbs up in a movie yeah. that's ever ever happened. As much
0: as I <laughs> laughed at the give me the amulet you bitch line, I laughed at the thumbs up for the
1: opposite reason because (laughs) it was just, it was so So awful. Van
0: Helsing coming out of nowhere surprised me too. It was just like,
1: okay. It's nice that he was alive, but then you start thinking about what that means Uh, for everyone uh, else, you know? Yeah, that vortex, the... Beautiful Vortex sucks everything up, including
0: Frankenstein, who gets a very cheesy death of... Yeah. <laughs> I
1: mean, and the guy, I mean, the voice of Frankenstein was probably the cheesiest part, you know, but I do like the fact that Phoebe threw her her bunny rabbit, like she gave Frankenstein like this bunny rabbit. And again, I start thinking like, Jesus, man, he's going to be in there for all eternity, like yeah. forever, <laughs> you know, like, and all those people, like, that's just, for me, I can't get over that. It's terrifying, yeah. you know? <laughs> It's utterly terrifying. Yeah, but she uh, she did give him the the stuffed animal so he could have something to remember her by, and I was like, that's really sweet that they did that. Again, they didn't have to like do that, you know. No,
0: but it really was cheesy. It, it was, was <laughs> no, but well, <but>, yeah, <laughs> it, it was, was so cheesy bad. as hell. But yeah, the vortex closes up. They end with a sweet line of
3: We're the Monster Squad.
0: We're the Monster Squad, and it rolls to credits and into the best. Oh, terrible fucking song! <laughs> Absolutely cheesy as fuck. Darkest night, the forces of people come out to fight. The ambulance they
2: must destroy or stand for them in the darkest void. Who can stop that deadly might? Who will stand up for the right? From the mouth of things comes dynamite. The bar squad going to groove tonight.
0: So that's the end of the film. We had all that fantastic fighting of the divorce and all this stuff that might is looming with the family. Did that come back at all? fuck no what the fuck was the point of that it was it reminded me a lot of like Jurassic World where they had like that whole bad storyline of family getting a divorce but just like in this film why why just fucking
1: why I feel like divorce is like the layer that everyone understands it's like okay we need to give the characters a little bit of layer to them and they're going through a divorce everyone gets that in
0: the 80s I think like divorces spiked like heavy started going in and so that was kind of like a big thing that a lot Mm. of movies just had for uh, their relationships
1: yeah my parents got a divorce when I was like real young I I think I was about five so I mean I I Grew up spending the summers with my dad and school years with my mom. So, yeah. I, and honestly, like it, I didn't find it to be a big deal. But to me, that was normal life. So you yeah. know that that kid. I mean, I was a part of the '80s. You yeah. know, <laughs> we're, we're '80s
0: kids, and we and our parents were divorced in the '80s as well. So I was eight. Yeah, or, or, I was four or three yeah. or something. Okay,
1: so you're about my age, yeah. then. Yeah.
0: So I mean, it's something that I've lived my life with the entire time. Yeah. Basically, I don't even remember them ever being together. Uh, and so it's just like, yeah, that, I mean, that was the thing in the '80s.
1: Unfortunately. You yeah. Know,
0: yeah. So. We'll We'll wrap final thoughts so what we'll do is i'll go first so we'll get we'll sandwich you with two people who have never seen this movie before <laughs> I'll, st- I'll start and then you who i have more of an idea i know what you want because you requested this one and then we'll end with john i thought this movie was cheesy as fuck i thought this movie had some very interesting moments like those a couple of those poignant moments that really sh- surprised me at how good it was i would have really liked this movie as a kid and it would have been nice to be able to watch it when I was younger and kind of get that nostalgic factor. That did not hinder my enjoying of this film now. I definitely liked it. I wouldn't say I loved it. It hasn't gotten into that spot for me only because I didn't know it as a kid, but I definitely see why people love this movie. I see why it's in a nostalgic factor for other folks. I definitely liked it. It's one that I could see watching, like if I had a bunch of friends over and a lot of them did see it as a kid, I would totally watch this one again. This is not one that I'm gonna shy away from. Yeah, you have some drinks. You. You would have fun with this movie, but yeah, I liked it and there was enough cheesy stuff that it was fun and me being a cheesy loving guy, It fit pretty well for me. So I give this movie a thumbs up. I definitely, uh, I enjoyed my time with it. What about you, Corey?
1: So I saw it in the theater with my dad and my cousin, and it was notable in the fact that it was the first time I saw a movie with no one else in the theater. (laughs) Like, meaning, like, we (laughs) saw it, no one was there. (laughs) So I don't know how this movie did uh, Uh, box office-wise, and I don't know if I saw it, like, on an off day or something, but I remember it being the first movie I ever saw with no one there. So, meaning my dad and my cousin and I, we had a fun time. We could talk, we could do whatever we wanted during it. And it was almost like a Mystery Science Theater 3000 experience when I was nine years old before knowing Mystery Science Theater 3000. Right. That being said, I've obviously watched it a lot growing up. Um, I, I haven't probably seen it though in 12 years at this point. And I, I'm actually kind of with you. I think it's cool, it's enjoyable. I would watch it with other people. I'm surprised that the good points, at the gems that we talked about, they, they shocked me a little bit this time because mm-hmm. I kind of didn't remember them so I'm, I'm viewing it with older eyes and I, I really like those parts I actually think I might like the movie a little bit more now than I did when I was younger that being said I think that there's like a Scream Factory Blu-ray out of it and I buy those things all the time I probably won't buy this one mm-hmm. like I, it would be perfect if it was on Netflix streaming I would watch it at Halloween I'd watch it once in a blue moon I don't feel the need to own it and honestly if I if I truly never saw it again I would always just say oh Monster Squad was a good movie I enjoyed it you know I think it would be for people who just now see it for the first time, or maybe revisit it after like 30 years like you haven't seen it in forever. It holds up well in some areas and it doesn't do too bad in others. And then there's the Vortex. (laughs) The worst special effect in history.
2: It truly is. I also had not seen it. More or less my view of this movie was pretty much the exact same as my view of Hocus Pocus. <laughs> oh yeah. Which was I particularly didn't like it. But it was really weird because it was it was a movie that I didn't really enjoy, specked with moments that I really enjoyed. Little jokes here and there, the the poignant part with the, the Holocaust markings and overall, I didn't like it. I will never see it again. I don't <laughs> think anyone could pay me enough to watch it again. <laughs> but it was weird because there were parts that I really which really goes to to show you that you can probably find good things in any film if the right person is at the helm and you know in, in truth it's hard to make a movie the fact that they made the movie you know says a lot that people had confidence in it i agree with adam in that if if i had seen it as a kid i would probably have much more of a nostalgic feeling for it which i know my wife did because she was excited when i told her we had to watch mm-hmm. the movie i didn't really talk with her afterwards so i don't remember if it held up for her i kind of got the feeling that it didn't but i could be wrong yeah. i mean but if we were like yeah eight year old Kids talking yeah, yeah. about kicking
0: Wolfman in the nards Oh yeah, I
2: would have like that line would have like done something more for me than yeah, yeah, yeah. Than,
0: than eight year old eight year old me would have loved. it. Yeah, I would exactly. I would have gone around kicking things in the nards like yeah. all
2: the time. It probably would have been exactly like how we viewed Flight of the Navigator, mm. but we loved it as a kid and we went back and watched it older. It didn't really hold up for us, but I remember loving Flight yeah. of the Navigator.
0: I I mean I enjoyed watching Monster Squad more recently <laughs> than I did Flight of the Ever. Flight of the Ever was a piece of trash. Like I <laughs> hated rewatching that movie. Unfortunately. It just—it was so fucking slow. Go back and listen to that episode, anybody. It's—it's—it's uh, it's, it's awful.
1: I specifically will never watch *Fire the Navigator* because of your <laughs> all's episode. <laughs> so thank you for that. Yeah. All right.
3: Yeah.
0: And that's our uh, take on *Monster Squad*. And now here is the real Ghostbusters part of this episode. This is a show that ran from 1986 to 1991. It was the animated show that appeared on CBS, I believe. The show was obviously based on the 1984 film that everybody knows and loves. This show starred, I'm just going to get it out of the way because we <laughs> mentioned almost every fucking episode. You almost sound mad about it. I, well, <laughs> I I'm sometimes you know, I want to try and get, a, you know, try and find something that he's not in and I can't do it. If- Anytime we talk
2: about cartoon his name is going yeah, to come up. Yeah. And
0: he, and this one he plays two of the main characters. Of course talking about Frank Welker who did the voice for Ray. Another ship's been lost in the New Jersey parallelogram. And then also Slimer. <laughs> oh, Then we also had Maurice LaManche, who is a fantastic voice actor from his brain, from Pinky and the Brain. The same thing we do every night, Pinky. Try to take over the world. Uh, He's done a million things. He played Egon. Ray, what is going on? And why am I nearly naked? Arsenio Hall, for the first, I think, three seasons, did the voice of Winston. This heat has really been getting to you, hasn't it? Peter Venkman was voiced by, at first, Lorenzo Music. Hello.
3: I'm Peter Vankman. Ah, Dr. Peter Vankman. I'm a scientist.
0: And then I think in season two, swapped over to Dave Coulier. Thanks, Slimer. I really needed that from Full House, who we all know and love.
1: And and that is of course a very famous anecdote that people have talked about. But the fact that they were filming, getting ready to film Ghostbusters two, and I think Bill Murray just commented on the fact that, hey, how come Egon, you know, uh, sounds like Egon, meaning Maurice LaMarche, but my guy sounds like Garfield. But I, everyone now knows that Bill Murray was just sort of being sarcastic. But that one phrase it got Lorenzo Music fired essentially. Well,
2: and the reason it sounded like Garfield because it was Lorenzo of music was the guy who did the voice of Garfield right. which
1: funny enough Bill Murray
0: then did the voice of Garfield in the movie yeah, yeah it right. all come fucking full circle it all
1: comes full <laughs> circle but for me honestly real Ghostbusters is one of my favorite cartoons of all time one of my just my favorite things of all time everyone should understand this about me when I go to bed every night, I either have Seinfeld playing on TV, and I fall asleep to it, or I have real Ghostbusters fall, like, on TV, and I fall asleep every night. Wow. So, But that being said, only seasons one and two, because I'm a huge Lorenzo music fan as as uh, Vinkman. I hate Kool-Aid. <laughs> so, so for me, to be completely honest with you, only seasons one and two are what I go back to. So did you guys grow up watching this? Were you... So, I,
2: I did.
0: Yeah. John probably watched it more than I did. I did see multiple episodes. This isn't one that like I know through and through, like some of the other shows that we've talked about, but this is one that I definitely recognized, and I've, I know I've seen episodes, and particularly in syndication, I had watched some of them, and some moments kind of really kind of hit back to me, particularly... The, one of the weird things that I really remembered was the end credit scene where they're walking in like this stride side by side and then kind of Slimer comes in and flies above them. For some reason, that clip, I know more than anything.
1: There was probably a cartoon on afterwards yeah. that you watched and you probably caught the end of. Very possible. I, I'm, I'm the same way, but with, I think, Gem and the Holograms. I know Gem and the Holograms, <laughs> the ending, because it was on right before G.I. Joe. Uh, so I would just catch the ending of Gem and the Holograms. I've seen Jim and the Holograms, the credits, a million times. Right. I've never seen a single episode. You know, it's
2: funny. I I have the same memory of Gem and the Hologams, but I watched it for a different cartoon, and probably just from where we grew up, they showed it in a different order. It was afternoon cartoons it was after school. I remember this because uh, we used to go to a, a daycare center after mm-hmm. school because our, our our mother had to work late, and uh, they would just sit us down to watch afternoon cartoons after a certain point, and the ones we always watched in order were, it was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, then they'd show Gem and the Holograms, which I would zone out for, yeah. and then I would come back for James Bond Jr., <laughs> oh, I forgot about that show. Yes.
1: Wow.
2: Which is that what they would show right afterwards. So I always I remember watching the end of so the the sh- the song yeah. is ingrained in my yeah. head mm-hmm. just from the end credits.
0: <laughs> this show uses the theme song, but it's not the reg- it's not the Ray Parker Jr. version of the Ghostbusters theme song. It's a different version. But and it's fine. Yeah, they
2: probably just redid it just for the use of uh,
0: probably. I guess. Well, I think you know Ray Parker Jr. needs as much you know money, money he, as he can because he hasn't done shit.
2: Well, then <laughs> and he got sued by uh, Huey Lewis in the news because mm-hmm. the theme to Ghostbusters sounded way too close to Huey Lewis's song "I Want a New Drug." And Hugh Lewis won the court case.
0: So yeah, I mean this show, obviously, it continues the adventures of the Ghostbusters. These four guys, they're fighting ghosts, they're fighting monsters that aren't ghosts, and pretty much every episode is centered around these adventures and how to stop these the specific monsters. They have their pet slimer. Basically. Yeah. And he's silly. And he sounds, I mean, you can tell that Frank welker also does the voice of Nibbler. I watched Futurama a lot more than I watched this show, and I know it and it, he uses the exact same noises for Nibbler that he did for Slimer. It's the same thing. Yeah, these um,
1: these high like high pitched thingies and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I think he does a great job of of expression through uh Slimer, you know. And yeah, and I always even even as a kid, I liked it when Slimer would say like names. Like it was kind of cute, you know. He was having a hard time sort of saying it, but he's like say, Oh, Ray, you know, like I, I liked that. I I enjoyed I didn't like like Slimer later on because it got more Slimer centric obviously yes. uh, later in even, the seasons
0: they, they even changed the name of the show Slimer and the real Ghostbusters exactly they they were really trying to push like the kids angle I think or like they thought Slimer was their hot property or some shit well,
1: because they they went to that group that C5 group which was basically mm, yeah. like a marketing group and they retooled the whole thing like midway through season two or three mm. or something all based on these crazy findings you know and I think Janine has gotten the worst rap yeah. uh, over the course of the whole series because <laughs> her character has been messed with you know at at first she was fun and sassy and by the end of it they just made her a mother figure to them and it didn't work as well you know I think the earlier seasons really especially season one honestly you know and then if you look at a lot of top lists of Ghostbuster real Ghostbuster episodes most of them are nine out of ten they're all in season one and two Mm -hmm. you know there's one that was in season three called the with this thing called the Grundle where he like it was kind of like a Pied Piper thing where he was like luring kids and that was like a really good episode but the, the, the gems were in season one and two like the Cthulhu episode episode yeah. they brought Cthulhu in and that was all J. Michael Straczynski yeah. you know I didn't
0: I didn't watch that one but I did look up some lists of like which were the best ones to watch and uh, pretty much almost unanimously the boogeyman cometh is, is an episode Boogeyman that,
1: you know, <laughs> the, the voices were great yeah,
0: <laughs> uh, I watched like two from episode, season one and then one from season three
1: oh you got some Coulier in yeah I got I got yeah. a
0: Coulier and I wanted to watch like a mid one the animation in general on this show was I think lacking was a bit weak it wasn't as strong as some of the the other even even some of the other cartoons at its time it just seemed like it was like just kind of like not not great drawings
1: there were some episodes that were much better than others as far as art goes and i do have to make a correction the voice i just did there was of uh sandman not boogeyman uh you know but yeah sandman was cool um boogeyman was cool
0: yeah there's some funny lines i want to bring up in episode one where they're seeing these couple ghosts they're talking about like oh where did they come from you know were they from a different dimension or something like this and i think even Egon goes possibly New Jersey mm. and I just like oh they're all in New York like of course you're yeah. gonna rip on New Jersey and just have some like
2: well, apparently that became a running gag not every episode but it would happen
0: yeah all. it's like it's like a New York thing though like anybody yeah. from New York it, there seems to be that rip on New Jersey the armpit of America
1: and apparently that episode I think it's called ghosts are where these other people these other yeah. that was an episode of them making fun of that other show Ghostbusters right. you yeah. know the I mean we have to address yes. the other Ghostbusters cartoon yeah the filmation <laughs> Ghostbusters yeah. cartoon yeah which which
0: actually came from a live-action show from the mid-'70s. 74, I believe, yeah. Yeah. And so they had a cartoon of also called Ghostbusters, but they had the rights to it. Very confusing.
1: And that's how we got the name yes. The Real Ghostbusters. Yes. Honestly, guys, I mean, we could talk about the whole Ghostbusters, Real Ghostbusters things forever. If you don't know about it, I would read up on it. It's, it's an interesting yeah. little thing. People got screwed, and uh, people made mistakes. Yes. And uh, <laughs> all those were on the side of Filmation. Yeah, uh- <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: And they had a show that wasn't nearly as good. Yeah, and but it- I do remember watching it, actually. Oh, yeah? And I do remember loving it. But the only part of the show that I actually remembered was when they were about... And this is, we're talking about the other yeah. ghostbusters show the ghostbusters with a space in between busters yes. and a giant ape yeah yep yeah, yeah. they had a giant ape is they would one i remember that they had a big ape and two right before they would go out they all did this big jumping high five <laughs> that was it that was the only two things i remember about the show but because of them is why we had to add the real to the real ghostbusters yeah I you already
0: mentioned that and it was uh a big litigation issue a fiasco but yeah just going into the show some more they had some stuff that really wasn't in the movie at all which i thought was kind of interesting like little aspects of janine and her character she still had a lot of the sass early on which made her amazing in the film but like they had these weird spots where like the guys were all like into her, and they all like were, were trying to like date her. It, it felt like it. Maybe that wasn't the case, but like they would hit on her at times, or like they would like bring her chocolates or other kind of shit. It was just like wait a minute, I don't need and, a relationship right. in this w- with Janine at all.
1: No, and I, and I think honestly, I think that's a good a good one to move away from on their part. Yeah. Although when they moved away from that, they moved towards her being more motherly, yeah. and that made it a lot less fun. But I honestly, I don't like Janine being like a love interest of any of the Ghostbusters. I think it should just be sort of a separate thing. But yeah. she likes Egon, you know. They. went with that that was that that was the main thing was the Egon thing you know they had to take what they could take from the movie and kind of you know go with it Mm -hmm. you know but you know it's funny though like her look Annie Potts's look in Ghostbusters 2 was kind of dictated by the cartoon so Mm -hmm. was Slimer so Ghostbusters 2 was this weird thing that the cartoon sort of dictated it I kind of get the sense the same way Robocop 3 happened Mm -hmm. and just so you guys know and then the listeners know I'm a huge Ghostbusters fan it's in my top favorite movies and obviously you know You guys know I love the cartoon. I hate Ghostbusters 2. I read the comic book. I'm I'm caught up on the IDW Ghostbusters. I read it religiously. I love the video game, which is canonical Ghostbusters 3. Every year, I sit down to watch Ghostbusters 2, and I hate it every time. (laughs) And I think it's because... I think it's because in Ghostbusters, I, right, if you still ask me to this day, what would your number one profession? Ghostbuster. I would still to this day <laughs> want to be a Ghostbuster. And I think I hate the fact that it opens in number two. It opens with them on, down on their luck. Like, right. I like how number one ended. They're all on top of the world. Like, I like that. I like yeah. that. So for me, Ghostbusters goes, you know, it kind of diverts. And now that we have the whole multi-universe thing, so we can kind of have fun with that. But in my head, it goes Ghostbusters the movie. Then it diverges onto uh, uh, the cartoon. And then in my head... I also go, okay, I'll just yeah. start reading the comic books. <laughs> right. But my love of, of Ghostbusters comes primarily, I would say, mostly nostalgic, from the cartoon. Okay. Obviously, I saw the, the movie and everything. Right. I I didn't love number two, but I love the original. But you know, I think at that age VHS wasn't as prevalent, so I didn't I don't think I had a chance to watch Ghostbusters the movie as frequently as I could watch real Ghostbusters the cartoon. So I think the cartoon sort of shapes my love of Ghostbusters.
0: I, I don't want to speak for John. I mean, I don't love it as much as the first one, but I like the second movie. Like, I remember, like in my head, and I haven't seen it in years. So maybe you know, it's not one that I, you know, like you go back and rewatch it almost every year. I have in hopes to liking yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I remember legitimately enjoying the film.
1: I, I think I'm in the minority. To be honest with you, I think I think most people do enjoy Ghostbusters yeah. too. I think I'm in the minority, and I think it's mainly because I hate seeing them down in their luck. Yeah. You okay, know? coming back to.
0: The real Ghostbusters. A problem I had, and I don't know why, and I didn't really do that much research, I did not like that these characters didn't look anything like the actual actors. Ray looked nothing like Dan Aykroyd. Egon was completely different, other than like being skinny and glasses, but his blonde hair just, it, it, it why did, why did they not keep the look of the guys? I mean, I guess they wanted to diversify them a little bit, make not all three brunette. You know, white guys, and then the one token black guy. Yeah, but even Winston didn't look anything at all like Ernie Hudson. I found that interesting as to why.
2: I think the one that looked the closest was uh, Janine. Yeah, I mean, closer to
1: Annie Potts than the other ones. Yeah. Do you think that's a rights issue? Like, you don't have to pay the actors. Like, if if you make it different enough, you don't have to pay. You know what? That's that's possible. That's entirely possible. Yeah, because you'd have to pay to use like their image basically. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, and, and as a kid, it didn't it didn't bother me. But as a kid, it's it's weird of what your brain sort of is okay with. You understand yeah. you're like okay, but at the same time you're like I just accept that this is how things work. Yeah. Definitely. Uh one thing with a lot of
0: 80s cartoons is the toy line.
1: Did you play with the toys as a kid? Uh, we we had an uh, Ecto-1, didn't we? Oh, wow. But
0: I don't know if it was if it was uh from the cartoon or if it was like from a toy line spin off from the movie. But we had we had an Ecto-1. I think so. I'm I'm almost positive I'm we did it one. I'm pretty sure point. we had a Slimer too. Yeah, I remember a Slimer as well. well that's all I remember. But it, it probably came all together in like, you know, with yeah, the car. With which the car- we were not a rich family which was fucking weird like it was
2: weird that we weren't a rich
0: family no no no, <laughs> no it was weird because we had the dino riders t-rex which is like the most expensive toy of that one yes. we had the teenage mutant ninja turtles van we had an ecto-1 i am very certain i remember star. i had a
2: castle grayskull
0: from, yeah uh, from he-man but like where did we get because we had a single mother and it, we 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 were lower middle class i felt but maybe yeah. maybe we we're better off with that fucking geez i i didn't realize how good we had it or maybe toys
1: were just a lot cheaper
0: then yeah very possible
1: i i I was in the same boat. Like, I, I remember one year my my favorite present was um, the Adat, you know? From, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. But I also remember, like, that year that was all I got. And I was okay with that, you know? Um, I was like, that's, that's fine because that's mm-hmm. freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. I was always cool with, like, getting, a, you know, they'd either give me a few action figures or one big thing, you know? And I was mm-hmm. always like, hey, that's great. But I think that, um, I think the divorce... Uh, Helped get better toys. I I think think for all of us, it probably did. We don't really realize it, but it was probably because of that. You know, no, not not to make light of it, but that's kind of like probably why we got awesome toys in the end. Like, like, what do you guys think of uh, real Ghostbusters?
0: I I enjoyed it. Some of the episodes that I watched that were recommended as like the highest quality ones were actually pretty decent. I will probably check out a couple more episodes. It's not one that I absolutely adored rewatching, but it was one that I was like, yeah, this is, this is solid.
2: I had fun rewatching it. I actually had seen it a few, quite a few times as of late because I went through a period where every so often I would show a cartoon from my youth to my son real ghostbusters was one he actually really got into well i don't know that he watched every episode but he watched quite a bit of it that's a cool and kid so <laughs> i felt the sort of the same way with you there were some of the episodes were hit or miss some of them weren't so great some of them were really good some of them i enjoyed some of them i didn't And i, I only watched a few. Uh, I definitely have a nostalgic remembrance of them because I remember watching the series anytime it was on. I remember being confused watching the real Ghostbusters and the other Ghostbusters and wondering why they were both the same when one of them was clearly not like the movie. I would recommend it. It's definitely worth a rewatch. And if I had to give it a grade, I'd give uh, the real Ghostbusters like a solid B+.
0: Enjoyable, yeah. Some worth checking out again. I mean, all of us, as we discussed, are nice, fantastic families from divorced groups. (laughs) And this is what happens when you're from a divorced family. They put you in front of the TV, and you get to watch real Ghostbusters. So (laughs) go out there, get divorced, and you get to have the fantastic childhood that we all had.
1: And then you have a podcast in 30 years, it's all good. (laughs)
2: This episode of the Blast from Our Past podcast is brought to you by High C Ecto Cooler.
3: This summer, coming to a supermarket near you, there's going to be a great new High C flavor with an outrageous food taste. And what are we going to call it? Ecto Cooler. High C Ecto Cooler. Slider's new drink You've been warned.
2: Wow. All right, and now we're going to do our casting of a new Ghostbusters movie. I know there was one that recently came out, and I have to admit that I did not actually see it. Uh, now, I didn't see it for two reasons. Not because I was against female leads being in, in the role. One... I didn't want to go see it because I had too much of a love of the original. I felt like I'd been burned with too many of the remakes, and I just, I just didn't want it. And the other one, I've not really been a fan of the type of humor that Melissa McCarthy does. Oh, see, I, I, I like Melissa McCarthy. That's, I think
0: Spy was a surprisingly see, funny movie. I for me. didn't
2: see Spy yeah. mostly because some of the older stuff I just—it's sort of like, like a lot of some of her earlier stuff I was okay with. It's kind of like Will Ferrell. After a point, I kind of got sick of watching Will Ferrell movies. Mm-hmm or um Seth Rogen. I kind of get sick of watching Seth Rogen movies. So after a while I just really didn't get into watching Melissa McCarthy movies. And so it was just sort of another thing where it was like it had nothing to do with the fact that they were women. It was the fact that I knew I wasn't going to really like the humor. So I didn't see it. Did you guys see the new
1: one? I saw it. I I I don't hate it. I don't love it. Or, huh. I like it better than Ghostbusters too. Okay. <laughs> um, sadly, um, and uh, I like the I liked some of the actors in it. I, I thought it was fine, but I didn't love it. I mean, it was a solid six for me. You know, six out of okay. ten.
0: Okay, uh, and I had not seen it. I haven't seen the new Ghostbusters, not because of the same kind of reasons, mainly just because I had heard bad stories, and I heard that all of the funniest jokes were from the trailer, and I thought the trailer was not funny. And so that's kind <laughs> of why I, I didn't go.
1: I Honestly, I, I don't think you're wrong, and if you never see it, I don't think you're really missing anything. But I think if you catch it on HBO or something, you, you watch pieces of it, you'll see some cool shit, okay. you know, but it's not much to write home about, and that's, that's the problem, you know. Although it did do its job, it mm. put Ghostbusters back into the limelight. All right, so let's get into our casting.
2: We're gonna uh, stick with sort of the recognizable ones. We're gonna do Ray, Egon, Bankman, and Winston, obviously. Uh, We gotta do Janine. She's, she is an integral part to the story. And just for the hell of it, let's do Slimer. And maybe a few surprises in there. Let's start with Ray, And let's have our guest start.
1: Guys, I <laughs> I literally woke up last night at 5 in the morning and could not go back to sleep. I, I had my list, but I was like, is this the right choice? And I'll come back to it. And, and I think Winston is my, still one of my tough ones. But I think that for me, I looked at Ray and I looked at Egon as a team. I think that you got to, you know, we're, we're going back to original Ghostbusters and they were established that they're all together they're friends you know but i always kind of pictured pictured ray and egon were probably a bit closer peter you know was a friend but he's on the side and he does things uh, differently for ray i like Craig Robinson. And it works because, and I'll give you my Egon, it works because I think he would go well with Adam Scott as Egon. So I would okay. go with like more of a, like this, a modern-y sort of casting type yeah. of, like, you know, and what's sort they're of...
0: They're both in a show right now called Ghost. Ghosting. Right,
1: and individually, I, I got to that first with, with Adam Scott was my first casting for Egon. I was like, that that's cool. But then that brought Craig Robinson in as, in my head. And they already have chemistry. They can already mm-hmm. bounce off of each other. So I thought they would be a good, and I would go like if we were going to remake it, I would more emphasize their connection and their friendship. You see it in the movie. They're always together. Yeah. Yeah. They do do
0: multiple projects together and and they do work well together. So I'm going to go ahead and I'll do do both my Ray and Egon. And just in case anyone didn't know, Ray was Dan Aykroyd in the film. Egon was Harold Ramis in the original film. Funny enough, I'm just going to Go ahead and throw it out there. I cast Adam Scott as my Ray. Ah. <laughs> I, 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 I had Craig Robinson actually written down as one of my other options. I like him a lot but I just kind of Ray in the film is a little goofy. He's not like he's definitely not dumb. They're all very smart people yes. but he's kind of like a little bit goofier than some of the other guys. Oh he's, and he's the heart. He raised yeah, the, yes, heart. Yeah, the, the heart. He's the heart. And Adam Scott is he can kind of play like that nerdy goof from yeah. like Parks and Rec kind of stuff. Right. And I just I liked him a lot and I honestly I didn't even think of him as Egon, but I think that's a good casting. I put I put Adam Scott as my Ray, and my Egon, at first I had Rain Wilson from The Office. I thought he could be a funny, be a good Egon. I ended up going with Peter Dinklage. I think Peter <laughs> Dinklage is super, super, he's a great comedic actor. I mean, obviously in Game of Thrones, he's hilarious. Death at a Funeral, he's fucking funny as hell in that one. I never watched the Pixels movie, because I heard it was shit, so I didn't I watch didn't it. it. But Dinklage is an amazing actor, and I kind of realized I wanted him in this film. I thought he could have gone in any fucking four of the roles, honestly. Right. <laughs> but I ended up going with, he could definitely play, he's super smart in most, in particularly Game of Thrones. He plays like, I'm smarter than everybody, and Egon's kind of like the brains in this group. So I yeah, I had Adam Scott as my Ray and Dinklage as my Egon. I,
1: I, I like Dinklage. And like if you did it, he would have to have a smaller proton pack. But you wouldn't address it. But how funny would it, it be, if be you cool. had a big one? Yeah, right? Right? And it had like... <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I like that though. I like yeah. I like him as as uh, Egon. That's cool. That's yeah. cool. All right. So
2: I, I'm not gonna lie. I had a very hard time with this. I only just cast my Egon about two hours ago. Yeah. <laughs> well, at this point, it was probably four hours ago. Yeah. I had a really hard time with a lot of these. I don't know if I had as much of a hard time as our previous episode when we cast Fantastic Four. I had a really hard time with that one. Uh, so much so that I almost didn't care. <laughs> I had a much easier time picking my Ray than my Egon for a bunch of reasons, like you said. Ray is a little bit goofy, a little bit nerdy, about because he's really obsessive about some of the stuff. So I I wanted somebody who was like that. So I went for my Ray. I went with Patton Oswalt.
1: Hmm. Mm, okay, oh, that's, I like that.
2: Yeah, he's notoriously got a lot of nerd cred, which doesn't necessarily play into it, but he can play the goofy character, and he's already older. I think he works because in my head, if I cast them too young, it it doesn't work. Yeah,
0: I didn't I didn't do it too young either, and um, See, Patton. Os- I, Pen Oswald is I, I want to see him in like everything. He's in a lot of stuff already. Yeah. But like I, every time I see him like, You made this a little bit better. Yeah. So yeah. It's, um, and
1: it's funny too when you go back and look at the original Ghostbusters they even now even though i am older than they were then they feel older to yeah. me Yes, you know yeah, I agree and but what's weird is with my my cast seems a bit young sadly they're probably the same age you right. know like it's hair and makeup back in the the 80s old dudes looked older yeah
2: you yeah. know what I mean yep Absolutely. uh for my egon like I said, I had a very hard time i do especially if I'm recasting stuff sometimes I like to try to mix it up and and change some of the characters or you know change genders or change mm-hmm. races something like that just try to mix it up for this one i cast it i liked it and i was like "Ooh, that might be a little bit too stereotypical i went with cal pen oh, as my egon no Not i i i, I-
0: I, get, I think that's that's pretty cool. I At one point, I had Jay Chandra... Jay Chandra Sekar? Yeah, the guy from Super Troopers. And I was like, you know what? He would play up like
2: the Indian smart guy right. pretty
0: well. And so, and well, so would and Cal the, Penn.
2: The, the, I, yeah, but like in my mind, it does, he doesn't have to sound like the Indian smart no. guy. Cal Penn can just be Cal Penn. Oh, yeah, because he's fucking genius. Because he's, he's really, yeah. really good. So, yeah, it, it, you know, it, it was more so than the actor that he happens to be Indian. than Because yeah, yeah, in, yeah, yeah, in my head, I don't think I would want him to play up the stereotypical gotcha. like Indian accent or anything like that. Cal Penn is just yeah, he's fine fa- how he he's is. He's awesome. He's fantastic. Yeah, fine I mean, how he it's, a, it's
0: a cool, so, interesting choice though. Yeah. Okay, so those are our two.
2: It. So now, kind of our leading man, let's go to Venkman. I'm going to jump in with this one. Okay. Venkman, he's got to be cool. He's got to be collect. A little bit of a ladies' man little bit of a creep. A little yeah. bit of a creep. <laughs> he's got to have a little bit of sleaze to yes, him. just yeah, a little bit of sleaze. So I'm, I'm not even gonna build this one up. I went with Robert Downey Jr. Ah. as my Venkman. He's a leading man type. A little bit better looking than Bill, even Bill Murray was. Yeah. Oh yeah. Almost in my head, Venkman and Tony Stark are very similar yeah. in the way they act, and so I thought the transition would be a pretty easy one. I had the hardest time with Venkman just because I was
0: trying to get it tied in with Bill Murray, who is so himself. He's just... Bill Murray has his own kind of thing. Like, I I don't know. I had a big trouble with it. He's pretty much his own character. Yeah. Yeah, he is. Um, But, I'm fucking surprised at you. I think you cheated because I put down Robert Downey Jr. As my Peter Venkman, I, I wrote down a million names, and Robert Downey was the one, and it's pretty much for the exact same reasons you said. I, I, I kind of thought back to Tony Stark, and then also Tropic Thunder, and he can be a pretty damn good comedic actor. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, uh, Robert Downey Jr. is my Venkman.
1: That's a good pick. I had my Venkman right away, but he screwed me. <laughs> <laughs> and and you'll you'll see what, like what what kind of movie I'm going for with my okay. Ghostbusters, but uh, I'll just put it out there. My Venkman was T.J. Miller. Oh um, yeah, I think he can do. He I can do great comedy. He can do sleazy, and mm-hmm. I think Vinkman... A, a little too sleazy. Looks, looks well. A little there too there real, you man. go. So he he and, and by screw me, I mean he, we couldn't cast him now. He's yeah. got the whole you know the thing harassment. Yep. So my backup, which I actually still like, and I was tossing back and forth. A-Z, with... Is on sorry? No. <laughs> yeah, I'm right? oh, sorry, Louis no. C.K. Yeah, right. no, yeah, yeah, yeah. No no no. Don't worry. <laughs> I would go with. You've seen him on Parks and Rec, one of my favorite characters of all time. John Ralphio. Oh shit. Ben Ben Schwartz. I think he doesn't get enough cred. I yeah. think he can do he can do slimy. He can do charming. I think he can do everything that Vinkman would need. Hmm. Although he would be a very different Vinkman than T J. Miller.
0: Yeah, interesting. So
1: I would go with Ben Schwartz. I would go with John Ralphio. <laughs> ben
0: Schwartz is great. I mean, yeah. For me, I don't know why it's hard to to separate him from John Ralphio. Do you watch House of Cards? I, d- I haven't
1: seen Tar- or okay. House of Lies. No, House of Lies. House of Lies. I haven't seen. He's have- he, he's a bit straighter, but he's okay. still fun. Well,
0: good, because that's what you need more straighter. You do need more John straighter Ralphie.
1: than John. R- John Raphael was crazy. Yeah, you need yeah. more straighter than that. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, it's
0: yeah. interesting. I don't, I don't see him as a leading man just yet. But and
1: man, when, but when yeah. you look at Ghostbusters, man, Bill Murray is an ugly dude. Like, <laughs> like, like, like even to this day, even to this day, I watch it and they're trying to tell us that he's the ladies' man. But but as I get older, I realize it's true because it's just charm and charisma. Yeah. yeah. You can look however you look. Chicks dig charm and charisma. Yep. yep. So honestly, I get it. I honestly get it. But yeah, Ben Schwartz, I think would be a fun. Fun, fun different sort of thing.
2: Alright, let's do our final member who comes in a little bit later, Winston. Adam, why don't you leave this one? Yeah.
0: Off? Exactly. Winston came in a little bit late, played by Ernie Hudson. He really is kind of the everyman. He comes in because they needed a new hire. Yeah. He's not a, a scientist like the other guys. He is just kind of like your, your everyman. He he's someone who does the voice of the people. He kind of like can bring like those jokes that are just like, the fuck are you guys talking about? You right. just <laughs> You're just, you're just kind of weird sciencey guys. But I ended up going with uh, an actress for my Ooh. every woman, but she is fucking hilarious i love her in everything she does i've actually used her as a casting before
2: i think i know what you're gonna say i went
0: with aisha tyler there who was is amazing i i love her in absolutely everything she's right now she's the voice of lana kane and archer she hosted whose line is it anyway for a good little while i think it still is uh still going on yeah right? still going on she's awesome i think she can kind of play that straight kind of like some sarcastic stuff that yeah. that winston would need to bring so that's who i got
2: I like that. I went a little bit out of character, where Winston is kind of the everman, and and I think this guy can do the everman. But I specifically wanted a comedian, because I mean, notoriously, like these were you know SNL alums or you know improv alums who who were doing this. Although Ernie Hudson necessarily wasn't. Yeah, but it was was originally written for uh, Eddie Murphy. uh, Eddie Murphy, Murphy, right? Yeah. So it was exactly. So kind of in keeping with that idea, I went with a comedian who had a show on TV for a little while that I really loved. And then he just kind of fell off and I really like his comedy. I went with D.L. Hughley. Oh, oh.
0: yeah. I haven't seen him in a long I time. I know.
2: And I miss him because I really yeah. enjoyed
1: his comedy when he was kind of when he was out of...
0: Yeah, his I mean his stand-up stuff is pretty fucking good.
1: Yeah. And he's a bit older too. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, Winston, the backstory is that he has a military backs like history, <laughs> which they expand upon in the comics. And so he actually, like he's very, like he's Semper Fi, he's Marines, you know, which adds a cool layer to it. Yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I like that. I think he'd be a good one. But for mine, I went with somebody who can do comedy. I did go with a guy. I, I'll I'll tell you who I was gonna go with originally. I was gonna go with Jenny Slate as Winston. Yeah, <laughs> Jenny Slate's
0: awesome. And, and she, I, you're gonna have you're gonna have the Ralphios Yeah, I know. Together. I know. I know. And that's, and that's when I was like,
1: that um, might be too much Ralphio. But Jenny and that, Slate, she's so fucking good in everything so, she does. So so Jenny Slate was first gonna be my Janine. She's yeah. not. Okay. Uh, then she was gonna be my Winston, oh, Winnie, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah. But no. So I went with because I wanted to do the military thing. I I would like to go back to that. And honestly, I like Winston to be like. A more straighter character. Mm-hmm. That being said, I picked someone who I think is funny. They were freaking hilarious in Ant-Man, and they can do military. Michael Pena? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's,
0: yeah he has a lot of yeah
1: funny I, stuff. I think he can do funny, but honestly, yeah. I think Winston should be more straight-laced, you know? Yeah. But I think you gotta have a, an actor who can know comedy right. so he can bounce with, you know, them. But I would have him play a bit more milita- yeah. ex-military.
0: Which he's, I mean, he's done exactly. He's done multiple yep. military yep. roles. He's and done multiple comedic roles. I think, yeah, it's a good call.
2: He was, he was sort of that in The Martian, where he was he's sort of a straight guy, but throws in jokes from time to time, yeah. nice. and his
1: military Essentially, yeah. yeah. I think. I mean, I think that's helpful. That you have to be able to play off of comedians. Um, yes. No. I
0: think that's a good call. So far, I haven't had a, a call that I've hated from any from any of these. So that's good. <laughs> the four Ghostbusters, like all of our castings, I think could work. I think it'd be, Would be a fun.
1: Work. Yeah. No matter what, and, and we yeah. could interchange any of these. I think it'd be a fun, yeah. a fun movie.
0: Absolutely. And even yeah, I'm glad we had a couple. John and I had the same actor in the same <laughs> role, and then you and I had the same actor but in different roles. Yeah. So yep. It works.
2: All right. So now our kind of our lone woman, unless you. Yeah, that's right. Let's change the casting. Janine, the the secretary, essentially, she's sassy. She doesn't take shit from anyone, including the Ghostbusters. I wanted someone who is exactly like that. I also wanted somebody who knew comedic timing. I went with Margaret Cho. Mm, oh, margaret okay. Cho is my mm. Janine. she she would bring it back hard on the, yes. <laughs> on the guys that they were yeah. bringing it to her
0: interesting I, not a bad call i don't i don't think i would have gone margaret Cho. i don't i okay. don't i mean i think your reasoning is right up there i mean she's she is very funny and my original casting was i'll just say it was emma stone because she is funny and she's done some comedic stuff and i think she could she could spit it back to them and then i really thought to myself no i don't want her i want my Janine, to be really fucking witty and bring it back to him and be sassy. And I think this actress would be hilarious in this role and i think her age would make it hilarious she just turned 96 not so long ago i went with betty white <laughs> i think she, she would add something different this ghostbusters would be a little bit different with betty white and she and i would want her to play up the sass super hard
1: that is a, a, a genius casting right <laughs> that, there right? And
2: you know what if and if they even though it would it really didn't play a part every so often venkman would just sort of like throw a a like a flirty line her way yeah. that does change the dynamic yeah. if they keep that yeah. in Yeah, it could be fun
1: I think it would work I, I actually really like that yeah. I, I really d- like that I do too I do too Um, uh, like I said originally I was thinking Ginny Slate and I was mm. like mm, but then yeah it would just become like the Parks and Rec like John Ralphio thing yeah. and I think she's too young for. for I want my Janine like you not to be that old but you're, I want her to you're be you're a then. bit more you know <laughs> that being said the person I picked I think is probably the same age so uh, that it's probably what she portrays yeah. makes me think that she's older. She plays a mom on TV and she's freaking hilarious. Fresh off the boat, Constance Wu, the mom. Mm -hmm. The mom on Fresh Off the Boat. Okay. I watched the first two seasons of that show. It is She is the standout star. She is hilarious. She's got great timing. She's really pretty, uh, but her character's very sassy, doesn't Mm -hmm. take any shit from anybody, and she is hilarious. Just watch any episode of Fresh Off the Boat, and you'll see her. Like She's the breakout star. Okay.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah, I have not seen it, but I think I'll have to check her out. So now our
2: one sort of non-talking
0: character. Yeah, I mean, but he does talk. He's got he's got some like lines. that's like broken English like he. Well, not in the, the
2: cartoon. In the cartoon, not yeah, in the movie. Not in the movie. Uh, in the movie, incidentally, he was voiced by Ivan Reitman. Oh, uh, uh, okay. Who did the
1: voice of that. So I'm gonna let our guest do this one. This, this one's my least favorite one that I that I picked. Because the way I f- I figure it's gonna go is they're gonna have like somebody, a voice actor do the voice mm-hmm. to right. it. Right. You know, so I was like how would they really go with it? I'm not quite sure. But if I had to cast somebody I went with Jason Manzoukas. Just to have fun with it, but I, I personally feel in the end they're just gonna they would be better off going with like a like a a voice actor you know yeah. somebody who does cartoons because you're because you're not gonna see Slimer he's gonna be CGI right you know so I, I don't know I don't know if if Manzoukas would be a good one I know like Bill Hader and Ben Schwartz were credited yeah. for doing the voice of BB-8 oh, I don't okay. really know how that works you know but right. but I they didn't. both oh. worked on the voice for BB-8 I can
0: see I can see Bill Hader uh, honestly I like well, him better than than Jussie manzukas I mean Jussie Manzuka's fucking hilarious well then guy. that's
1: that's why I Kind of, I actually leaned in more towards Bill Hader doing uh, Slimer okay. than than Jason Mantzoukas. Uh, okay. But at the end, I'm kind of apathetic to that. Yeah. I like. <laughs> by the way, I know we didn't pick it, but I like my Gozer pick better. Okay. So we'll get to that yeah. after uh, sure. Slimer.
0: Partly from the reasons that you brought up, my first the first name I wrote down was Frank Welker. I was gonna. Just, <laughs> I knew you were gonna say Frank Welker. <laughs> just just to be like, you know what? Just fucking put him back in it because why the hell not? I didn't end up going with him. Uh, I went with particularly because of two scenes from like the Anchorman movie. I went with Steve Carell because he makes a lot of fucking (laughs) weird noises in that film. And I think it just kind of would fit with, Slimer and I think Steve Carell would just be I mean just a—I mean I, don't, I agree that it probably should just be a voice actor but I think Steve Carell could do that kind of stuff so that's mm. who I went with if, with if they had to attach yeah. a name to it yes. and,
1: and at that point they're they're only doing like three days of ADR so you might as yeah. well attach a big name to it yeah. you know otherwise why attach a name period mm. you know I, I I agree yeah that's that's better than my that's better than Jason Manzoukas fuck it I went with Frank Welker <laughs> 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 there we go perfect that's yeah. that's, that's the winner <laughs> that's the winner right there yeah um you guys didn't ask me to do it, but I do have a fantasy casting for Gozer. I would want somebody who had like this kind of statuesque body. Mm-hmm. I wanted somebody, especially if they were going to flesh her out a bit more. I would I would like to see her as more of a villain role, so I'd want to see her more prominent, you know, displayed. Even if it's just like bits and pieces here and there, but I'd like for them to flesh Gozer out. And I would like I think somebody who can pull off comedy, who can pull off like sort of that outfit, and you got to keep the outfit. I would keep the <laughs> outfit, especially as, as the like the white outfit. Yeah, I would go with someone who's. Comedic, someone who's kind of you know tall and you know slender can fit it out. But you saw her in chewing gum and you saw her in the Callister episode of Black Mirror this season. And her name is Michaela Cole. And I think she's a I think she's a great comedian. And I think that if they were to actually expand upon the Gozer story, I would like to see more done with Gozer. And I think you know you could do some funny stuff with an actress that can do comedy as yeah. well as as seriousness. You know, she's very tall and thin, and I think she would do well as that character. As you guys both frantically try to <laughs> see yeah. who <where> she is <laughs> yes
0: uh okay yeah i've definitely seen her in something i haven't i haven't seen chewing gum and i haven't seen that other show but she looks familiar enough
2: to me but okay
1: so that was my little yeah. my little fan casting your extra you know? cast yeah yeah exactly exactly
2: all right well tell you what off the top of your head what would you
1: cast for, for gozer? gozer
0: um tall slender i mean the first person that is coming to my head ricky lindholm who she's very comedic she's from garfield garfunkel and Oates, yeah, yeah garfunkel and oats which is a fucking hilarious show on i think ifc well that's
2: the name of their comedy duo yeah it's, yes they're so kind
0: when they release albums of his gun- yeah she's, and i mean she's not very imposing or like scary like a gozer kind of would look i think i think um your cast would be better at that because she's very sweet-faced she's kind of but i don't know why maybe it's just because she's tall tall yeah, and skinny right. and she's the first one that came to my mind
2: well thinking tall and imposing my Brain went straight to Gwendolyn Christie. Oh, yeah, yeah, Brian of Tarth herself. Yeah, she definitely, so she, she she'd, be definitely scary. Be, she'd be more imposing than yeah. slender. I also thought, kind of keeping with your idea, and I, I believe originally it was supposed to be- I think Grace
1: Jones was cast as, as Gozer. Or... Yeah. I don't know why she didn't film it. The legend goes that the line, aim for the flat top, is them basically referring to her hair. And she was, it was originally supposed to be Grace Jones, which, okay. which is perfect, because it's tall, just very elegant, yeah, you know. But
0: very imposing. For yes, sure. she, yes yeah she would have been uh, much more scary yeah. than the one we even got
1: yeah which although i do the yeah, uh, the, the, the scandinavian lady yeah. whatever her name is <laughs> she she great i mean and those eyes were, were yes. fantastic Red. but being on the screen for such a short amount of time she has to be striking mm-hmm. and for me i think michaela cole would have like a much more like imposing presence yeah. you know she's still pretty but at the same time she's she can be imposing well, it made,
2: your pick actually made me think of maybe lupita Nyong'o would feel good but she's a little too short. Yeah. And yes, you could, you could do Hollywood magic and make, but I just, I would rather have somebody who's already physically imposing and yeah. just,
1: Really helps in the comparison with the other characters. I think Wendell and Christie's a great casting, honestly. I think that's yeah, a good one. Nice. I like that.
2: So uh, that's our casting for our version of the Ghostbusters. Since you are our guest, anything you want to plug?
1: My buddy Jeff and I—you uh, guys know—we mm-hmm. have a board game that we've been working on for the past year called Midnight Forty Five. It's kind of like uh, Smoking the Bandit meets Mad Max, set in a not a post-apocalyptic. You know, it's like set in the '70s, but mm-hmm. there's combat like Mad Max, and uh, you can follow us on Facebook, Midnight Forty Five Game. Um, we're on Instagram. Instagram with uh, Team Kralo and uh, we're hoping to take it to Kickstarter mid-year but you know other than that I uh, hope to get back into podcasting uh, this year too so that's, cool. that's my that's my goal. I'm
2: a big fan of board games so I'm definitely looking forward to this now. Yeah. Corey thank you very much for thank spending you. your time
0: talking old movies and your real Ghostbusters and casting with us it was
1: absolutely fantastic having you with us. Guys this was freaking awesome <laughs> I loved it I, I appreciate it and I had a I had a great time anytime uh, you want to bring me back I am down Good. I'm on board. <laughs> awesome
0: please join us next time for a beetlejuice 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 episode we do a review of the beetlejuice movie review of the
2: beetlejuice cartoon and a recasting
0: of beetlejuice using actors of today
2: if you have any questions or any suggestions for movies or tv shows you'd like for us to review as part of your childhood you can reach us at blastfromourpast@gmail.com, at gmail.com or you can find us on facebook and twitter at, at blast past cast that's at blast past cast on both facebook and twitter so until next time i'm john and i'm adam and thanks for joining us see you next time